0: Like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery, grading the beer throughout the episode. So pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports.
1: Yes, it is. This is episode 130, and today we are at the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe, and today we're going to talk some... I mean, really, both both Michigan Michigan State teams uh, see how they responded after the big matchup between the two. Um, Michigan got got the win; MSU did not. We're going to talk about both those games. Kind of preview more of the Michigan game, um, not necessarily the State game. I, I don't think there's much to, to dig into with that one. Um, uh, but we're also going to talk um, preview. Our, our Michigan Michigan State basketball season. We're gonna try to zoom through as quick as we can. We can get kind of long sometimes when we do the the previews. I don't think it no. will be this year Us? or this week. No, I don't. we don't.
2: Yeah, don't we not, don't do that. Don't Never know. on Lion Stock. No, no, no. Lions, no.
1: Which we don't have Lion Stock today because they're they have the buy. We I, I do want to talk about them in the intro a little bit, but we'll get in that here in a minute. But we'll make our the uh, hops Brewing Company. Cafe, nope, not our house brewing company cafe. We are at the house brewing company
2: cafe. Ta da! We
1: will make our betting hero picks, um, and then we will also grade our Siciliano's Market Michigan beers. Man, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't even look at my. I tried not to look at my sheet, and I think I. Well done. I saw that my just sheet just now started to feel it. Still said tigers, and I was like, oh boy, I can't even look at this now. <laughs> I, did, I forgot to change that. <laughs> We're not talking tigers. I got voted out of that one. You did
3: um, not. You made an executive decision,
2: and I'm still not happy about it. <laughs> I feel like he made three different decisions earlier.
1: I try to make a decision and throw it out there and be like, okay, this is the decision I made. And I get no response. I'm like, <laughs>
2: no,
3: I responded right, three uh, times. That's a new record for me. Come that is, on. That's a good
1: point. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're at the house. We're going to have a good time um, doing that. If you're joining us live on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, all those are streaming live. You can get your your comments in there and, and we'll try to read them as they come across the screen. Uh, we'd love to know what you guys think about all these, these, these our teams, so... Yeah, we love your opinions. Um, I'm Sam Waltart. With today, we got Ryan Walthart Hello. And Micah Smith. Yo. Um, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors to help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hop Brewing Company and Cafes, the official brewery state of my sports. Oh, yeah. Ciceliano's Market helps us pick out our Michigan beer um, from the state of Michigan. MacWeb Design helped us get our website up and running. And Betting Hero helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. So check out all of our sponsors. And let them know that you heard about them on State of My Sports Podcast. It helps us out a lot. So um, just really would appreciate that. Um, really, I mean, so, Mike, you were talking, is this our first episode since Halloween or second? This would be our second, right? But you were gone. Shut, you were talking uh, about all the candy you've been yeah, eating yeah. and you didn't want Gary to hear, know about it. Is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah. How much candy have you wow. eaten? Wow.
2: A lot of candy. <laughs> Huge. Sam. Under the bus. What?
1: Micah. Boom. And who's the driver? <laughs> and, the yeah. and I am driving. And he's
2: going to back up. <laughs> yeah. Go forward. <laughs>
0: Just a little, oh, bit, little bit of a back no, and, and forth. She,
2: she does know I'm eating yeah, that candy exactly. because <laughs> the kids are not eating it. Someone's <laughs> eating it, and it's this guy.
1: What's your go-to? Are they like gummies? Are they chocolate? Well, I, I
2: started out with what I don't have anymore, which would be milk duds. Mm. So Okay, so my thing is if I start eating chocolates – I can't just switch over to like fruits or like something like that. Yeah, you know, like the can't sugary fu- stuff yeah. like that. You go. It, it's got to be. Chocolate. It's got to be all chocolate, yeah. and then if if I start with the fruit stuff, I gotta keep it with the fruit stuff. Okay. You know, like the gummies and whatnot. That makes sense. Yeah. See, for gummies, me, starburst, blah blah blah. Yeah.
1: I crave the the gummies and like the fruity stuff more, so I start with the chocolate and then I end with the fruit.
2: Oh, I go good. back and
3: forth. I go fruit, chocolate, fruit, chocolate, and then I combine at the end. <laughs> no, I don't do either, actually. Baby root <laughs> Sour, Sour Patch, Patch Kids, yeah. Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man, what a combo.
1: <laughs> we do have a comment already. What's that comment? It's Kerry, of course, getting the first one in there. Can you read that or no? Or Nope, your computer's not
2: Mike, The Wi-Fi is not working. <laughs>
1: if he doesn't want me to know, then he should... Leave shouldn't leave the wrappers on the out. That's so you, <laughs> mike I'm just, telling you,
3: you put <laughs> it in a bag, you put it in a box, something like that. Close it up and then throw it away. I must have left one wrapper on the floor. <laughs> I think I saw it the other night. I
1: take stuff out of the trash, throw it in, push it down. Oh yeah. Sometimes I take the you trash out it. just to get rid of it. Gotta batteries. bury it. Yeah.
3: yeah. You're, like, you're, like, trying to calculate, like, how much money this trash bag costs versus <laughs> how much you want to get caught in this. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's probably oh, worth it.
2: Totally worth it. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I, I hear you there. Um, we were going to talk some playoff rankings. They're actually not out yet. They come out here in, in about five minutes, allegedly. Um, we'll see. But, in, I mean, if, if we're still talking, maybe chit-chat, and we can um, talk about them. I, I'm really interested to see if Michigan, like, where Michigan Michigan State, obviously, <laughs> Hey, what are the odds? State of my sports podcast wants to know where Michigan, Michigan State land. No, but right. I'm curious That's if Michigan's going to be ahead of Michigan State. do you think that they should be or no? Because I, I think they
2: should good debate.
1: I think they should be and I think I, I think, think everybody be thinks for, I'm wrong.
2: For obvious reasons aside from the head to head matchup.
1: I, I agree with that. Okay. And and so we can talk about it. We, we can talk about it right Kay. now, right? Yeah. Let's I just mean, talk about
2: it.
3: Let's go well, script. Let's well, who's got the worst loss?
1: uh Michigan State. Michigan
3: State. So that would be the argument. The the argument for Michigan State would be they beat them head to head. Yeah. So it's an obvious thing like nobody could ever argue with that. But again, you go back to their they lost to and was Purdue unranked. They were unranked. Okay. Completely so unranked. that'll be interesting to see which if they'll they probably unranked. they will because they were like probably 26 to 28 somewhere around that range. So if Purdue was Out of the top twenty-five, they just beat Michigan State. That's an unranked opponent when Michigan just lost to like what a top ten team at the time, Mm -hmm. who this week was number three. So, I mean,
1: so a lot of people are saying that. Like, and honestly, going back to the Michigan -Michigan State game, I think push comes to shove, Michigan was the better team. I really do. I think Michigan State found a way to win a game, and I am not faulting them for that. I am not saying they were lucky; they went out and won that football game. That doesn't mean they're the better team, because I am sorry, Texas A and M is not better than Alabama. So if you're going to put – if your argument is head-to-head, okay, well then let's really throw things for a loop and say, all right, well Texas A&M needs to be ranked ahead against Alabama then. Um, Even if Oregon loses, they have to be ahead of Ohio State. And, like, if you're going to play that game, it's going to get real messy real quick. You know what I mean? So I hate that that being everybody's first argument. If Michigan State fans think Michigan State is better, tell me and tell me why. Don't tell me head-to-head. And if Michigan fans think Michigan is better than Michigan State, tell me why.
3: <laughs> well, that is the best argument for why you think one team is better than the other because they beat them. I
1: mean,
3: I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like in realistic easy, terms. It's the easy
1: argument. Well, because it, look, Jacksonville's not better better than the Buffalo Bills, are they? Yeah. That's no. Very true. Point. Very true. That just happened. Yeah. So
3: no, I'm like, just saying that's the easy argument is what I'm saying. I'm not saying yeah. I disagree with the with your point. Plus, yeah. where was the game played? It was played at Michigan State. Um, Key random things happen with you know weather rolling in as soon as the the big mistakes happen on yeah. one side and not the other. And we don't so.
1: we don't need to dig back into the game, but I think like it's just a. No, it's an it'll interesting be interesting debate. It's to fun. see when it happens. Yeah. Like I look, like, I'm not going to lose any sleep if Michigan State's seven and Michigan's no. eight nope. or five and six. Like it, it, it's not going to bother me what at was, all. What was? What was? I don't care. Michigan
3: was seven.
1: I think they're seven. Yeah.
3: Or or they eight. I Thought
1: Michigan. it was seven.
3: They were seven uh, after that loss. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So last I think week they, were, they dropped yeah, to no, seven or seven. eight. They were seven. Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
3: They yeah, like they seven sounds pat right. Then. So I mean, but then you're saying like you know a three lost to an un- unranked, mm-hmm. and then a seven won the game they were supposed to win. So that in normal terms, you would obviously think with those standings at that point, yeah. you would expect the seven to leapfrog the three. So there's a there's a lo- yeah. logical argument both sides. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to yeah, see what we'll the, see. the
1: playoff committee does. And the cool thing about it is. There's still so much to play, yeah. There's only what three plenty. games left, and, but man, but, it's going to be a plenty. it's going to be a massive shakeup, and that's the cool thing. It's like Oklahoma, if they take care of business, yeah. There's going to be a couple teams ahead of them that have to lose it, so they'll jump in. If Michigan and Michigan State beat Ohio State, they'll jump both of them, and it's just like I don't know. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I think it's a fun thing to talk about. Once the rank, if you can keep an eye out for the yeah, rankings, yep. Micah, and then maybe we can we can jump into that. Um, I did not want to touch a little bit on the Red Wings. They've they've come off of a a, a losing streak and, and won two straight now, so that's awesome. They're uh, up three zero. They're up three zero. Who got? I saw Dude. it. Was a Larkin that just scored right? Who got yep. the second one? Did you see that or no? I did not. Um, I'll look. it Which up. is awesome. Three three nothing against Edmonton, the top top team in the West. So. Um, pretty dang cool. I think they're Nemestikov Nine and One. The got two now. He's got two now. Look at that. That that's awesome. Playing good hockey. I I like the way that they're playing. Um nice to have Larkin back. Uh he makes a, a difference. He does. Um so how about Cider with the game winner? Cider with the OT winner. That Let's was go. that was pretty sweet. That was he actually awesome. and he also got uh, rookie of the month of yeah. October, yeah. which is which is awesome. I, I love
3: the way he like the way he plays. He is so patient and in control. Yeah. Like, I know maybe there's some mistakes here and there, but he just seems to be a guy. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's,
2: he's a dude.
1: Yeah, he's, he really is. You can trust him. That, yeah. That's the key. If you can trust your defenseman um, and still put him in, in crucial situations, um, power play, penalty kill, um, if I mean, against top teams. I was really interested to watch this game. I, I have it recording. I'm going to watch it probably when I get home because um, I wanted to see him, like, against McDavid and Dreisaitl and and – edmonton as a whole like it's a pretty good team they're obviously nine and oh, one yeah um 100%. so i was really looking forward to that obviously this is more important
3: what uh, about what about bertuzzi what do you what do you think about him so love far? what he's doing he's, he is he is playing out of his mind
1: he is um taking he's taking a big step now hopefully it's not a hot streak that's one thing with hockey players is you can get in those streaks and you can get blinded by you know yeah really a nice hot streak you'd are leading the league in this, and you're doing that. You're right there at the same level as, you know, some big names. It, I got to see it long term, but I, I love what he's doing. I love what he's doing. So and what I, yeah. when he's out of the lineup, when they're in Canada, you can tell that it's a big, big difference. I'm hole. not losing sleep over it. Trust me, but you can tell Good. he, he you makes a sleeping massive, really well lately. <laughs> yeah, massive difference <laughs> in in the in the in the lineup in the way that this team plays. I, I love what he's doing. Um, I think
3: Bertuzzi so far has just been he he looks like he has a role in this team that is that's like the the grown up in the room and and he owns it like he he's the guy around a bunch of these young talented kids not that he's yeah. taken away from them at all but he's like come on guys and he's got this energy that everybody else like kind of comes along with him yeah no so he, it's he's, it's he's really grown cool into to that role he
1: he fits really well with the young guys I think the young guys will look at him as the leader more than a guy like Larkin. 'Cause Larkin's more like this is what I do, like I'm just really good. Well it's rock like, solid, and, right? Yeah, but like Bertuzzi's like, I can do it all and I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be right in the mix of all of the crap and I'm I'm like he's an antagonizer but he's also scoring goals he's putting up points he's well, he's, he's also his he's, stick handling is awesome when he's on the ice right now he's the best player on the ice yeah I, well, I, agree. I I'm not gonna, I'm watching that. I'm not saying if he's going against McDavid David and Sidle that he's better than them but well <laughs> so you the, look for at the Red
3: Wings he's our best player well when you look at the way he plays defense on the on the opposing side of the or the opposite side of the ice I don't I'm not with the hockey terms I'm obviously like <laughs> way beyond like where I'm where I should be but um he He's constantly, like, inter- intercepting the puck. Yeah. And he's constantly putting himself in a great position to do something, yep. to make something happen. And Raymond has actually benefited a lot from that because he's always in the right spot to, be, like, finish it off. Yeah. They're, or make the one great, extra pass. They're
1: a really fun combination. Now, the four check's great. Um, neutral zone, they're coming in with speed way more than, than you've seen in, in the past. I think a lot of it has to do with the def- defense making that first pass and really being more aggressive. It's fun to see. Yeah, they're getting caught with a lot of goals against. In these games, oh yeah, um, when it goes bad, but man, they're they're a fun team. Um, Pistons, Ryan, jump in, tell me what your thoughts are on the Pistons, real quick.
3: Yeah, Pistons are tough right now. They they really didn't start the season very well at all. Um, they've lost what, what are they like one and eight right now? I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, but I will say, you know, they started the season without Cade Cunningham, the mm-hmm. first like three or four games, and then Killian Hayes was out the last game. And then we had – we've just been having – like Jeremy Grant was out of game. So it's just been really weird.
1: So, so what I'm hearing is Cade looked head and shoulders better than he has with Killian out of the lineup. Do you think there's something about that? Or is no, that just he a started, fair, like yeah. an easy argument here? Well, it's
3: an easy argument. He started turning a corner with Killian in the, in the lineup. And the game before this when Killian was playing, they, they actually had really good numbers together. They looked like they were making a difference. And the defense-offense combination there was really good. I actually think Killian's playing better – with Kate on the floor, okay, because it takes pressure off of him to be the main ball handler, and Killian it struggles with confidence right now. So if he can just kind of sit in the corner, step up and hit a three when it when it's needed, like there there's a role for a lot of NBA players to just do that to hit mm. threes. And he's been better. He's been shooting the ball better, making better decisions. It's not all on him every time. And Cade has been doing a really good job of pushing the ball and making easy plays for other people so you don't always have to run a half-court offense.
1: Yeah, Has the key kind of been, like, the sophomore slumps for some of these guys? These second-year guys aren't – they're not into the groove yet that they need to be for the secondary scoring and for this team to really be – you know, when, when things are going well, they put up 120 points.
3: Yeah, Sadiq Bey has definitely been going through something. He's shooting the ball a lot, and they haven't been falling. Uh, okay. He's a better shooter than that. He'll break out of that slump. Um, I think um, – Sorry, uh sorry. Isaiah Stewart has been playing really well defensively, but he's not putting up big numbers right now, which is surprising considering he put up basically better numbers last year in a limited role. So I think I expect him to do something different too. But I think the main takeaway for the Pistons right now is they have been playing legit competition to start the season right now. And so I'm, I'm talking like – they lost two to the Bulls, which the Bulls are playing great. They, they have a good team, retooled lineup, you know all that stuff really good. Then they lost to the Hawks. Then they lost to the 76ers. They beat the Magic, the only good, you know, bad team that I've listed here. Yeah. And then they lost two in a row to the, or then they lost to the Nets, the Bucks, the 76ers again, and the Nets again. And we're talking like the six best teams in the East are the only teams they've played. The only teams wow and the the nets they just lost 96 to 90 and Cade was shooting out of his mind down in the fourth quarter last game so it yeah. was fun to see I think uh, you're gonna see like their next games Rockets Cavs Raptors Kings Pacers Warriors Um, you're gonna see some of those be more competitive than what we've seen just because of the competition
1: yeah it'll be fun to see the Cade Cunningham against Jalen Green right yeah, That's kind of what people One are looking forward two? to. We actually have it on our picks this week. So,
3: and I, and I would love to see or to have people pay attention. If you're worried about Cade, go watch Jalen Green. Go look at his stats. Some games he shoots, you know, he's scoring like 21 points in a game or something, and he shoots uh, six three-pointers. And then the next game he goes 0 for 11 yeah. from three and, and scores six points.
1: One thing I think we need to pay attention to are, are you know, these third-year f- third guys that are really starting to get their groove. I think you were, we were talking about Jordan Poole earlier and yeah. how he's, what, leading? Is he leading the, the Warriors or is he, like, right up there with the Warriors? No, he's and, right behind Steph Curry. Um, There's some other guys, like third, fourth-year guys, that are finally getting their into their rhythm, guys that, that were in the G League, you know, at times yep. and that are really starting to to find their way. I think the, the Greens and the Cunninghams of the world can kind of fall into that. It's like we don't need to push it. They're still so raw and so young. We don't need to overreact to it, um, but it, it'll be it'll be fun to see these guys develop throughout the year.
3: Yeah, Frank Jack- Jackson's starting to play better. We've had a lot of people shooting really cold so far. Yeah, um, and I think it's a result of always playing out of the half court offense. So it'll change.
1: It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicilian's Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether they know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicily Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode, so please check them out and let them know that we sent you. So we are at the Hops Brewing Company Cafe, obviously in in, uh, Walker, Michigan, Standale area, if you're familiar, right right by the new uh, Chick-fil-A. Have you been to the Chick-fil-A yet, Ryan?
3: Uh, We just went Saturday morning or like Saturday for lunch, I guess. You did? Yeah, we did. Wait, here? As a family. Yeah, right here. I
1: thought you guys were gone this weekend.
3: We went on our way down, on on our way over (laughs) to the east side. Yeah. Yeah, we stopped at this Chick fil A. Took fifty minutes, yeah. um, so we were about an hour into the that trip, and we hadn't not, left
1: the city. <laughs> not a good way to start your your trip. Uh, out that of was Tom. not my decision, uh.
3: but I I swallowed my pride. I said, you know what, the for you, sandwich. yes, I did.
1: <laughs> uh, so I actually got
3: a salad, which their salads are actually really good.
1: I've heard they've been good. The, the, yeah, I, yeah, I would never order it, but
3: oh, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did because every time I get a chicken sandwich, I'm like, man, that was really good, and then I'm done, and Jillian's eating a salad for like an hour and a half because it's so much food. So. I'm just like I just I wanted to. So eat more.
1: we had hockey on Saturday morning. Yep. At what time were you there? You
3: curious? Um, eleven
1: thirty. Okay, so a little ish. bit before us. We got there what at like twelve. You probably got there like wait, twelve wait. ten. Wait, You
3: were you in your black your car? Yeah, I was. Oh yeah, I saw you. Did I, you really? Yeah, yeah, we were in the we were in the you same line. You
1: guys were probably still. In, so you got there at eleven thirty, but you left at eleven fifty or twelve ten or something. Well, we <laughs> probably
3: got like coffee first, so maybe it was like even twelve by the time we got in the That's line. That's so
1: fun. Yeah, you. Did I see saw. You? Yeah, I saw you. Yeah. Why didn't you text me or something? Uh,
3: I was driving. I couldn't text and drive.
1: You were parked in a. Yeah, 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 you're right. What, I what did you want you him you to right text now. you? Well, Mike <laughs> Hi? Hi. Yeah, Just I would have... Oh, you know Hey, neighbor. Easton would have been pumped, man. He was with me. But you were there probably... You were probably in the same line we were because you were there... You it, got there maybe 15 minutes before me, 10 minutes before really? me.
2: Really? <laughs> I, I looked at the line and I thought, you know what? They always go fast. So I, get in, I get in line and by the not. time I got my food, I was so hungry. I was getting it slightly frustrated, but I... I well, was staying nice because yeah. the Chick fil A workers are always nice. <laughs> they're so nice.
1: They want that for me, though.
2: No, they're lost. <laughs> I was a little frustrated. They're definitely lost, but yeah. they're still nice. So, yeah, I told Jillian, I'm like,
3: she's like, well, no, the lines go super fast at Chick fil A. I'm like, this is brand new. They're Everybody is in training. This is uh, yeah. not going to go fast.
2: Yeah, See, and it did not. It, it It's new to the town because it's the double lane all the That's way the through. It's the very
1: first one that does that, by the way. Really? The very first Chick Fil A, at least in the state of Michigan. I it be feels like, yeah, yeah. I don't
3: even we, know what. It feels like a bank or something like yeah. that. Like <laughs> I was waiting for my Chick Fil A nuggets to come shooting up from the ground. <laughs> They're
2: set up like that down in Georgia. Oh, are they? Yep.
1: So like, I, I was a little frustrated because so I was in line, right? And we're getting up there. We get we order our food and it's taking forever. You're in the right lane. I'm in the right lane. Yeah. How'd you, yeah, I know. you know. okay. Yeah. He, knows. he actually does know. Say this hi. Me. But yeah. anyways, this worker's coming out. He's, he comes out. I'm like towards the very front, waiting for my food. And I'm like waiting patiently. Easton's losing it in the back. But, uh, <laughs> but so I'm uh, like kind of just have the window down, listening. And this guy's like walking. He walks to the car, like two cars in front of me. He goes, Hey, they made this extra chocolate shake. Do you want it? To this car, two cars like, in front of me. I'm like, Here. And he says, No. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm one away and this is going to be mine. (laughs) I'm like pumped. I'm already trying to go through the, in my my head. I'm like, do I just share this with Easton and not bring it home to everybody else? Or do I have to split this little chocolate shake five ways? Like, How do do I do this? No, you never do that. So I'm like preparing myself to just trying to think it through and how do I keep Easton quiet and not tell Andrea and Peyton because they're not going to be happy. (laughs) Jordan's not going to know what's going on. But So I'm like sitting there. I'm just like, all right, what's going to happen? But then the stinking car in front of me took it. Oh, and the guy like, like I even made eye contact with the worker. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, you're gonna give it to me? I know my, the guy you're talking about. My kid I'm loves sure ice cream. Yeah, right lane, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was so mad, but I still got my food. It was good. I love Chick Fil A. Their food's good. That was my first time there, though, and they've been open what two and a half weeks, three weeks. Yeah, yeah that's my first my time first too. Time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same All day. on Saturday. What were we supposed to be doing? We you were went home be
3: first. You went home first, and then <laughs> you went out. That's yeah, what three trillion for loop. I'm like that's Sam. She's like, no, he he was home. I'm like, yeah, no, but we got coffee, and that's Sam. I know it's Sam.
1: Were we, you guys in? Fr- was I? Beh- were you behind? I me? was a
3: little bit behind you, like three cars.
1: Oh my! You didn't even say anything. Why you didn't, didn't you text out? him,
3: dude? I ran up to your window and said hi, and you completely ignored me. <laughs> I gave you double <laughs> middle fingers. Yeah. I was, <laughs> he I was focused
1: on there.
2: his chocolate shakes. So like then just, I went to
3: text you, but I couldn't text and drive. So I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: well, you just don't know how to text. <laughs> what were we supposed? We were supposed to be grading or introducing beers. What are we drinking? We're at the hops, obviously, for the people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Wait, for the people this a that, sports podcast or yeah. Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A podcast, yeah. yeah Spon- new
1: sponsor, maybe. I think I'd be <laughs> game.
2: <laughs> All of us are drinking the same thing, Yeah, right? we are, yeah. Okay, so we're drinking Stan's Graham Cracker Ale. It's a 5.4 percenter. I'm going to read the little description here. Brewed in collaboration with home brewer Stan Straight for the Beer City Brewers Guild Pro-Am Competition. So it's competition beer, I love it. This golden ale is brewed with 100 pounds of graham cracker, creating a sweet but not too sweet beer.
3: Wait, 100 pounds of graham cracker?
2: Yeah, 100 pounds. 100 pounds. Do you yeah. have
3: any idea how many graham crackers it would take to make 100 pounds of graham crackers? <laughs> right. They're so lightweight. That's, yeah, that's a That's insane.
1: Point. Um, so, yeah, that is. Soak it in water first. <laughs> before you describe it anymore, if you're, if you're not. Arvon, thank you for watching. Arvon, we love your guys' beer. Um, Arvon's drinking trail pills. We all. Hey. I think, so one of us had one of those recently.
3: Yeah, I had Try one of those. Was it you? Yeah. Yeah. So. Trip well, bro.
1: thanks for watching, Arvon. Awesome. I love beer. your guys' beer. You guys do awesome stuff. So, cheers to you guys. Um, was it was that describing it? What was the percentage of that one? Five
2: point four. Five point four. Crushable. Crushable. Very it
3: crushable. really is. Good How stuff. easy is this to drink? Yeah. Very.
1: Good stuff.
0: Drinking craft beer, having fun. And talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports.
1: Michigan State went into Purdue and lost to unranked Boilermakers. Yep. I think so. I heard somebody call them the Spoilermakers. <laughs> That was really creative. Good bad job. I wish I came up with that. 40-29, um, to 29, allowing Aiden O'Connell to go 40-54 of 54 for 536 yards and three touchdowns, and Demetrius Bell to have 11 catches for 217 yards and a touchdown through the air. Uh, Thorne went 20-30 of for 276 yards and two touchdowns. Another one on the ground as well in an interception. With Naylor out, Reed led the team with 73 yards on four receptions, but Trey Mosley stepped in and had – the two touchdowns through the air. Uh, Walker kept things rolling um, with 146 yards on 23 carries for a 6.3 average and a touchdown. Uh, obviously, I mean... The,
3: I feel like he had to earn that, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker did. I he mean, had to earn it, yeah.
1: So even watching the game, and, and I, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit, but like I was originally I thought that they went away from Kenneth Walker way too soon. But then I looked and he had 23 carries. And when you were behind by multiple scores, you know, late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, like you kind of have to go away from the running game. It's just what you have to do. They even looking at the, kind of the play by play by play and rewatching it. It's like, man, they they actually kept pounding it with them. They didn't go away from it. I was surprised when I saw the numbers, because watching the game, um, obviously frustrating to watch a game like this when you're when you want you know Michigan State to win. Uh, because you just feel like you, you feel like you're playing pretty good. But it's just well, the not, you momentum can't, was there. Yeah, it, but you just can't stop them, right? Well, we
3: called it. We called this was a trap game. And it it, it yeah. felt like it. We thought it was not because of the coaching and the it, way they yeah. would prep the players for this. But I, I don't know if we gave enough credit to Purdue going into this either.
1: Well, we talked. We talked a little bit about the, the threat of Bell. Yeah. and in the passing game in general because yeah. they can't run the ball. We knew that going in and we obviously saw what Michigan did the week before um kind of exposed them. Yeah. And I think Purdue took that exposure and ran with it. And look, Michigan State didn't play as good of a game as they did against Michigan. I don't think there's any question that this was a good like a well-played game, but I thought that they were watching it the second time around, I thought they were prepared. I thought that the scheme was actually you know Pretty, pretty well thought out, and it just—it never. They just couldn't get off the field. It was really what it came down to, and the 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 passing game against it absolutely um, destroyed. They, they
3: picked him apart. Yeah, it, really did. I, it surprised me how little pressure Michigan State actually got on quarterback. Too, I mean, that was Aiden yeah. O'Connell had a lot of time to. To make something up, you know, to survey the field, yeah. go from check, you know, one, check down to two, three, and then go all the way back to the other side of the field. And he as would he's get, rolling out. back and then, to option one at times. Yeah, he would, yeah. Which yeah. so, is Bell, obviously. Yeah, and I, I it, it was just surprising. You know, he, he had plenty of he time to. He did a to,
1: good job. He, oh, did, he <laughs> moved around. Like, it wasn't that I didn't think they were getting pressure. I thought his, the way he was moving in the pocket was was. He was very creative. Absolutely, in that
3: way. absolutely, hundred percent. And there's a lot to be said about what you know the execution with Purdue and their offense, and just the big plays. Like it took real execution against this Michigan State defense to score as much as they did, but they never really missed a beat. Like mm-hmm. you just think about even like the second touchdown over the shoulder in the corner of the end zone. Like oh, yeah. that had to be a perfect throw and catch, and he beat his man. But by the time the ball was out of O'Connell's hand. He didn't even know that he beat his man yet. So yeah. he had to throw it deep to the corner where only his guy could get it. And it was a perfect throw, perfect catch, one foot in the end zone, touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was impressive. And I, I thought that um, – is it O'Connell? O'Connell is the quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he looked he, he looked great. Yeah, but, but – uh, he, f- he played – a almost perfect game. He he really did.
3: Yeah. And I mean 40 of 54 for 536 yards, three touchdowns. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. And we're talking against the number 3 team in the country. Michigan State failed to do the, to make the big plays when they needed it to take the ball out of his hands. And so you can get we can give credit as much as you know as I really think he earned uh to O'Connell for how well he played and and even Bell, you know, with you know the game he had. But really, Michigan State failed to make those big plays and failed to step up when it needed most It failed to make something happen on defense from the defensive perspective yep. to, you know, force the, the big-time fumble, score, create cool. some points, yeah. you know, like get to the quarterback on a regular basis where he couldn't do something, where it's not just one guy where he's escaping from, but multiple guys, pressure from the middle, you know, make it hard on him.
1: I think that's what one one thing that was the most interesting is – you're waiting for them to make that one play, right? That defense. And then they did. And then we'll get into that here because they did make that they did create that, that turnover, but then it just they didn't follow through. I have thought one thing that that's very interesting in out of all 130 power 5 college football teams, Michigan State has the dead last pass defense in the country. Really? Yes. And that right there needs to get fixed. It needs to get fixed quick because you're about to face a Maryland team that knows how to throw the ball. Ohio State who obviously knows how to throw the ball. Yeah, that's and not – And Penn a, State as well.
3: That's you're, looking worse and worse against Ohio State right now with that passing is. offense.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Mel Tucker, he, he's got to get this figured out. And here I am on the wrong – Wrong thing. Sorry, I don't know why I had to announce that, but um, I mean, he's got to get it you. fixed. The reason why I made me think is because the question for the audience was, "Do you trust that Mel Tucker can fix this pass defense?" And
2: you need to fix it in a hurry.
1: You need to fix it now. I'm not saying I'm not putting them on upset alert this time. I think last week the spread told us something, and and that that, that they should have been on upset alert. And we kind, of, I mean, we talked about how like how it could happen. We didn't think it would, obviously. Um, Maryland is, is a different ball game that I don't think it can happen. You know what I mean? Um, I don't see a path other than the pass defense or other than uh, – sorry, the passing game. We'll get into that. Yeah. Here. I don't know why I'm moving ahead. But I don't know. It's They need to get it fixed.
3: Well, I think Michigan State knows who they are now. They know their, their weakness. If they're self-scouting at all, they know this at this point. So what they need to do is decide one way or another what they're going to do. They're either going to sell out to stop the run and let their athletes – play one-on-one on on the outside and get burned sometimes but maybe make a big play or they they abandon the run defense they sell out to get to go after the quarterback to help their pass defense Mm -hmm. and so they're going to be in this position where they're making this is a coaching decision on a game-by-game basis what they're going to be stopping you cannot do both they've kind of proven that at this point yeah no I, i agree Maryland, I think it's doable. They can they can go all out and their pass rush should be good enough to attack the Maryland quarterback in their offense. In their offensive line, which isn't that impressive at this point. Mm -hmm. But against an, an Ohio State team, if they sell out against the pass defense and try to get after the quarterback, they're just gonna start doing draws or screens to Henderson and then you know that's not gonna work out. So we don't have to get there that at this point, but I think you know at this point. What Michigan State struggles against, and if McNamara can throw three eighty three or three eighty four, or whatever it was, against them, yeah. like a week ago, and then <laughs> and then Purdue puts up over five hundred yards like, against them,
1: you know, yeah, I mean it was like, obviously that was a a good sign for for Michigan fans, right? Like when Cade put together what he did, that that type of game, um, we were hey, well we got it, it works, it, it can work, yeah, and then we were, see what this this duo is doing. I mean, oh my gosh, I, it makes me a little less confident in in Michigan's passing. Not that I've ever been confident in it, but like I was a little bit optimistic, you know. And now I'm just like, Ooh, maybe, maybe that was just the sign of the the times like, in that game. Saw so that did there. That. Yeah, saw <laughs> what you did there. Um, <laughs> but one hundred
3: thirtieth though, we're talking dead last. Yeah, that's really really bad rank.
1: That that is it doesn't get any worse. It like this, is right? very
3: concerning, which is. I cannot believe we're talking about this right now after last week and then being number three in the country. Yeah. And, yeah, they didn't have – and this game goes – you know, it's a lot against their defense, so it's going to make them look really bad. Yeah. But dead last, like you couldn't pick one team that Ohio State's played at this point to be worse. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's very concerning. I've never been impressed with – I believe his name is Williams outside transfer from Alabama – Tall, number nine, but anyways, like, they do have some weaknesses on this defense. Um, I just didn't think it would be exposed as much as it has been the last several weeks.
1: Yeah, yep, no, I, I agree completely, and, and we talked a little bit about, wait, like, not getting the, the crucial turnover, but, I mean, they kind of did, so this is, I think, the, a big chunk here, and it it's going to be wordy, it's going to be a lot here, but I think it, it's... The flow of it just changed everything. So, um, just completely changed the game. So, Michigan State got the forced fumble on the opening drive of the second half. Um, they tied the game. And then on the next drive, they had two crucial mental, mental mistake penalties, two 15 yard penalties um, that kind of didn't like, change a, a fourth down into a first down or anything like that. Um, but it helped Purdue kind of keep the drive moving and, and kind of get down the field quick. Um, they got a field goal. I, oh shoot! I think it was a field goal. Sorry, oh, man. I didn't write that down. But anyways, I think it was a field goal. And then Michigan State had a three and out, two runs, and an incomplete pass. The next drive, Purdue picked up a huge third third and ten to Bell, um, and extended and then extended the lead to ten. So sorry, it was a touchdown. Now it's a field goal um, with the with the field. Yeah. So so they're up ten now. Ten points. Another three and out. Purdue on the next drive picked up a fourth down, fourth and one, kicked another field goal. Right there, 13 straight points where MSU had three offensive plays between – sorry, six total offensive plays right there. Um, And that was between 12 minutes and 19 seconds left in the third quarter all the way down to 13 minutes and five seconds left in the fourth quarter. Six offensive plays. That right there is such a crucial moment. And on the upcoming drive after that was the interception at the goal line. Obviously, it was a fourth down. I don't want to fault the interception. That – I'm, yeah, it was an interception, but it was just kind of – it wasn't his fault. I'm not saying it was like a bad quarterback interception like Matthew Stafford spinning out of a, the end zone and throwing it to nobody uh, <laughs> or anything like that. But it was just – and the drive ended at the interception at the goal line. Yeah. Um, what, do you think that they should have just kicked a field goal there? Down 13, or, or is that basically saying, you know, you have to get a touchdown? I, I, I thought there was a lot of time left. Um, and I guess the way the defense was playing, I understand it.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of time. I, I don't know. But
1: what, what was it? I think it was like a fourth and six or something, right? Yeah, From yeah. Twelve. Like it was. not it, it was a really strange scenario where it's like I in the moment I didn't think it was the right decision
3: with a short field, especially like that's not it's not an easy pickup. Yeah, it's not like you're at the forty yard line or something. Exactly. Where you have space.
1: Yeah, Um. I don't want to overthink that. Like that, I don't think. Yeah, that wasn't cost the reason game or anything. But it could have been. It could have. <laughs> Obviously, in hindsight, it, the three points would have been huge, and you would have been right in the game till yeah. the very Let's end. Not assume,
3: but, but if we assume.
1: <laughs> but I don't know. I think that was a, right there. Only six offensive plays, and that's what we've seen from this Michigan State offense is really they have, high highs. They have really high highs, yeah. but their lows are three and outs yep. and nothing. And it and then it can get staggered right there and that right there was was another part that the offense let the, let the team down well yeah the offense let
3: the team down but but top teams in the country we're talking if look if they're the number three team in the country if they are truly the number three team they don't just you cannot play the game where your offense cannot you know they're obviously to play bad in this game Two drives, you're talking about six offensive plays, two, three, and outs in a row. That should not lose you again. I'm ju- I'm just sorry. Like no, again, especially you. against Purdue. That should not be the deciding factor if you win and lose in this game. But we're talking about it did pretty much like this is a big turning point in this game. Your defense has to be able to step up. They need to do something on special teams. They need to do something to make a difference in this game. And at the you know, with this game, Michigan State was not good enough. I still believe in this team. I do too. I I think they're – Everything's in front of them. Yeah, I I agree, yeah. They're good enough to beat Penn State. They're good enough to compete and do something crazy against Ohio State. I really believe that. I I think Ohio State has some weaknesses of their own. They showed it this week especially. defense. There you go. Their defense
1: is the key. In Michigan State's offense should be able to – So it's going to be
3: execution, offensive execution against offensive execution, and -hmm. then just a few critical big plays on defense or special teams that can make the difference in the game. Yep. I expect Ohio State to do that. That's what the way they have, have always kind of played, especially in big games. But Michigan State has had their number in the past several times, and I don't, obviously new coaching staff. To I be, would I wouldn't put it past them. Yep, I guess
1: to be completely honest, I look at Michigan State. I think they are built better to to um, as a matchup against Penn State than Michigan does. I think they match up better to against Penn State, and I think Michigan the way that they're built matches up better against Ohio State hmm. than Michigan State was?
3: I felt the opposite. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that? So? Well, I think I don't think Michigan has to be perfect on offense to outscore Penn State. And I and I think uh, uh, Ohio State's going to put up a points against Michigan, and I don't know if they can match that. Okay. So and I think Michigan State can with their offensive ability, their big playability, their big, huge swings. It's like a – it's like a mood swing, you know. You go from like completely out of the game to, hey, by the way, see we're that, back in it.
1: See, that's exactly why I think Michigan State has a better chance against the Penn State because Penn State can kind of get caught sleeping and kind of get, can get embarrassed at times. So I've got rankings to- the, 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 are out. The rankings are out. okay. Let's finish up the talk here. Then we'll jump to the rankings, and then we'll, we'll talk about the mission game. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So real quick, we're jumping now to the, the Indiana matchup. We kind of already – or sorry, Maryland matchup. This has to be a must win. Every, we've already talked about how everything's in front of them, and you cannot yep. slip up here. And I nope. don't care if you win by one. I don't care if you win by 100. It doesn't matter. you got to win. just win. Style points don't matter. And Michigan State put themselves in a point that style points don't need to matter anymore. It is about winning, and that's it. Both teams got to win. Yep. Um, I'd be shocked. You know what? Style points don't
3: even matter for the big teams right now. You look at what Alabama just did this week, Ohio State did this week, Cincinnati did this week. Nobody's winning on style. Just win. Yeah. Correct.
1: I I agree. Um, I just think you got to be a little careful because Tua's brother, I don't even want to try to say his name, Talia, Talia, I to Jarrett, to, Leah. Their, to, yeah. to their yeah. wide yeah. receiver, Huka. Jarrett, um, <laughs> could be the problem that Bell and O'Connell was. I just don't think it's nearly as um, – I don't think either of them are, are NFL guys, where I think Bell is obviously an NFL wide receiver. Um, 100%. But time will tell with, with Tua's brother and, and and Jarrett, I guess. There's
2: a don't lot more holes. Pa- don't look past Maryland, though. I don't
1: think you can look past them at this point. No, obviously we, your back's
3: against the wall. You, but they're not as complete of a team as Purdue is.
1: Yep, I agree.
2: No, not, not by any stretch of the imagination, but once that week comes up, do not look past that game. Yeah. Don't get caught with your pants down. I
3: mean, we're talking about college athletes. Like, one little thing to start off the game wrong can, like, <laughs> throw everything off. Oh, so yeah. don't, don't do it, especially early. Correct.
0: From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports.
1: All right. So, as we were talking that uh, Michigan State game, the rankings did come out. Micah, you have have, uh, those for us. You want to go through them real quick?
2: One through 20, I got. I missed. Let's
1: just just focus on one through 10. That'll kind of get us the gist of what we need, right? start with
2: one through five.
1: One through five? Yeah.
2: Okay. Georgia, Alabama, Oregon. OSU Cincinnati.
1: So Cincinnati jumped Michigan.
2: Yeah,
3: Cincinnati went from seven to five, I believe.
1: Eight to five.
2: Eight, eight to five? Were well they, either were they way. down at
1: eight? I thought Michigan was at seven and Cincinnati was at eight.
2: I thought that's how it was. I thought Cincinnati was up at like six? No, I thought they were in the top four. No, no. no, no.
3: no they were no, down. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, sorry. so big story here, Michigan State obviously fell out. Ohio State and Oregon jump in right
1: all right so we got georgia alabama
3: who georgia i mean my goodness yep. they they're looking yeah, good. No, so good
1: there's no question about that georgia, georgia alabama, alabama oregon. oregon
2: and ohio state ohio state are your top 4 okay and Cincy rounds out your top 5
1: i, I don't care I, I think that that's perfectly fine
3: yeah that's fine um that makes that makes sense you know oklahoma I, I, hasn't earned it oklahoma's undefeated
1: yeah, no, I, I I agree with this. I really do. I don't have any any worries about that. All right, so let's right. get to, to six. Uh, six, seven, and eight, maybe? Or let's just go six through 10. Oh,
2: six. six through 10. Six. Michigan. Okay. Number six. Michigan State, seven.
1: All right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> kind of yep. answers our question. What we talked yep. about earlier, State fans are going to get their panties in oh, the a yeah, bunch. Oh, yeah, they're going to hate it. I'm not going to... I understand why they're frustrated, but we already had that conversation. I love it. We can talk a little more here in a bit. Then uh,
2: 8 through 10, you got Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State.
1: Okay. So let's let's just go back to the the first two. They're going to play each other, right? Yeah. They're going to play each other in the SEC championship. Um, Now, if Georgia wins, Alabama, two losses, they're going to be out of the, the final four.
2: Uh, I think
1: that's a, 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 they yeah, they better be, right? Um, Oregon and OSU already played each other. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Or, Oregon's not a lock to
3: win every game here on out. Oregon has looked beatable. UCLA was a Correct. close matchup, and um, it's not out of the question.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I looked at their schedule last week. Uh, I haven't looked at it. It's not
3: too week. hard. Uh, I would say Ohio State has, has a harder schedule going against Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah. Um, But it just feels like Ohio State is the better team with the better talent on the field, and Oregon feels more beatable. Yeah.
1: All right. So now let's get into the next three. Obviously, we got Cincy, Michigan, Michigan State. That's, let's focus on, or let's bring Oklahoma into that conversation too. Oklahoma doesn't really have any exciting wins and they've looked bad against really good teams or I mean really bad teams or not yeah. great teams I should say they
2: just have they've looked they, mediocre in their wins they
1: also play Oklahoma State coming up right
2: they do I don't know when
1: um I think it's the last game of the season um, but that that kind of will will answer some questions but let, let's focus here on Cincinnati Michigan and Michigan State I feel like what this committee is trying to tell us here. Is if these three teams take advantage, take or take care of business, they're going to get in. And honestly, I look at what Cincinnati jumped. So they were behind both Michigan and Michigan State last week. What are you guys? What are you looking at?
3: Now wings are up three two now.
1: Are they? Oh great! How many Connor McDavid? Had? Connor just McDavid just one. one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just, only one though. Um,
1: so Cincinnati. I, I'm interested. The I'm surprised that Cincinnati jumped. Michigan. I think that's because, kind of, because of the Michigan State loss, right? The fact that Michigan State lost to an unranked team, Cincinnati, that makes Michigan's loss look a little little worse, maybe. And well, jump them and, and kind of see what happens. I guess. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think yeah. they're.
3: I think the longer you on the year, they add more weight to being undefeated. Right. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Like they, okay. this always happens. You'll you'll get a six seed at the end of the year, and then as, as soon as they go undefeated regular season, they jump up into the four. Um, not necessarily the Cincinnati's of the world every single year, but Cincinnati's gotten a lot of praise this year and they have a little bit more weight than most of the teams outside of the, the Yeah, I mean they powers. played
1: they played Notre Dame, they yeah. played Indiana. Uh, there was one more game that I thought was, was supposed to be good.
3: Um Uh Pitt. Did they beat Pitt? I don't I'll know. Get you.
1: I don't know if they played
3: Hit. I okay yeah I mean I, I don't know either I, I don't know wrong, I don't have their schedule memorized but um they're 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 a little bit more proven than I think most um you know schools outside of the Power Five are at this time of the year uh, but the longer you go the longer you go they have you know the undefeated teams jump and leapfrog more and more teams
2: I, just, I don't know which game you're looking at no
3: I just about
1: I just realized I made a massive massive mistake I thought Arvon Brewing was was. You <laughs> was, do? was listening and and uh,
3: <laughs> who was it?
1: It was Carrie. It was Carrie. She's she's drinking Arvon Brewing Company's Trail hey. oh, That's
2: what I get for not looking closer. But you're she like, also said uh, yeah. this
1: college football season is so crazy uh, that all games just feel like just one situation. And and I agree. Usually you're talking about style points, and this season's not about style points at all. It's not about how much you win. It's not about anything like that. It's just win. It's it's gonna be crazy, but
2: so the other games that Cincy played was Temple, UCF, Tulane, Tulsa. Yeah. I
1: thought there was one more that was interesting, but yeah, you, I guess you're right.
2: Well, you mentioned Indiana, Notre Dame. Yeah, those uh, were their two two big ones, right?
1: Yeah. Um, yep. And and with Notre Tulsa Dame still not being impressive. in the top top ten, um, yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing is what they win by eight against Tulsa.
3: Six, I think, wasn't it twenty six twenty? And it took a goal line stand.
2: You said Tulsa. Yeah. Twenty eight. Twenty. Twenty eight. Okay, so you're right. Yeah, but one but score was, game. Yeah, yeah,
1: one score game. Um, and I think that was that. That's the weird thing about them jumping us after. Just that.
3: Yeah, it wasn't impressive. But again, the longer it's you go just, as an yeah. undefeated team, the more respect you get. And I think they're getting more respect than normal teams in their situation at this point of the year.
1: Yeah. And do you? Can you real quick pull up the rest of Oregon's schedule? Yeah. And then we can kind of – I think that's that's enough of the – Have you looked
3: at Kayvon Thibodeau at all, his tape?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like what I see. What does he have, like 27 pressures in six games or something? Yeah, like he's crazy doing like that? that. I mean,
3: he's putting up uh, big-time numbers. He's, he's a freak athlete. He's crazy. I'm also um, hearing
1: more and more chatter about um, Aiden Hutchinson as a potential number one.
3: Aiden is – I was just going to say he's putting up numbers like Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Aiden's really putting up just as good or if not better – pressure stats. Yeah, why
1: do you think that everybody's saying that Thibodeau's the the guy then? Uh, well, Thibodeau because has more done that forward.
3: Thibodeau has more quick twitch ability on the outside where you think it translates more to sacks in the NFL. And he, but not only that, he beats people with some power on the inside. I think Aiden might be more of a complete defensive end. Okay. Like I'm talking like run, um, yeah, more unique moves inside, outside. Guy. Yeah. Four down guy. Um, but but I don't know, every once in a while Thibodeau comes out and he literally shoves offensive tackles into their quarterback and I'm like, I don't know where that strength came from. So but but he can be taken out of place.
1: All right. R- real quick, let's talk a little bit about Oregon schedule and then we can yeah. wrap up the, the college football talk if you guys are cool yeah, with that.
2: Yeah, so they host Washington State and then they go to Utah and then host Oregon State. Okay, to Oregon State's it
1: off. the one that can catch them, right? And then they have a, a championship game, I'm sure, right? I, if maybe I, not, but
2: Honestly, I, I don't see why Utah couldn't really create Utah could, yeah. yeah. What
1: did Oregon lose to? You have that right there?
2: Oh, I do. They lost to Stanford.
1: How how is that it's like bad loss? How is that getting just
2: Stanford's what, that, three and six? Three and six. They lost
3: 31-24. Yeah, that
2: that's, in O T.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, that has something to do with it, the yeah, way you lose. I
1: guess. I, I think the reason why Oregon's up there is because they beat OSU, and they want OSU up there, right? Is that the fair – like, that's the only reason. They can't put OSU ahead of them, so they have to be, right? Is that is that what we're looking at here? No,
3: I think there's other factors. You know, Oregon lost without Kayvon Thibodeau. There's some injury factor there too. Okay. Um,
1: I, but they beat Ohio State without him.
3: Yeah, they beat Ohio State <laughs> without him. Uh, Ohio State also was like – Right after that game, trying to, like, throw McCord in as quarterback and doing all this yeah, stuff, and now they're really rolling. Weird. Yeah. So I, early on in the year, there was a lot of hit or miss, question mark type of things from the coaching staffs.
1: All right, let's get into some Michigan talk. Why it is. Yeah, that was, that was a nice little <laughs> bump there. Uh, Michigan <laughs> bounced back with a 29-7 win against the now 2-7 and seven Indiana Hoosiers. Who the fuck? 2-7. Crazy. Um, the There's defense so much better than held that. their depleted, or held Indiana's depleted offense to 107 yards rushing and 88 passing yards for only 195 total yards, um, compared to Michigan's 188 rushing and 223 passing for 411 total yards. Cade was 10 of 18 for 168 yards and two touchdowns, uh, both to tight end maker. Quorum one carry. Uh, he got obviously got injured, uh, so Haskins gave his best best Kenneth Kenneth Walker impression, rushing the ball 27 times for yep. 168 yards in a 6.2 average. Um, you know, for me, this game was kind of the opposite. I, I, I talked, I think we talked about this off off the off air, but it was like I watched Michigan State and I thought it was embarrassing. I thought they looked unprepared. I thought they looked awful. I rewatched it. I was like, they actually played pretty well. I watched the Michigan game live and I was like. Wow, man, they're just dominating this game. I rewatched it, I was like, man, they kinda got lucky that that it was only Indiana and it was Indiana's third string running fourth string running back and third string quarterback and like all of that kind of stuff. Like I think if Michigan showed up and played that way against anybody that we're gonna face moving forward, they would have got caught with their pants down. I knew you were gonna say
2: that. Yeah. All the way. All
1: all the way down. You knew I was gonna say that? Oh yeah. It's kind of my go-to lately.
3: Yeah, like two minutes ago, I knew you were gonna say that.
2: <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Well, that's not mean. Yeah, no. I was just <laughs>
1: after rewatching it, I was a little more disappointed with with uh, Michigan's uh, game, and I think a lot of it has to do with with injuries. I think without quorum it, it changes. It just changes the feel a little bit. The big pop um, plays aren't there as much, and then um, the Cade injury that we got to talk about that. What, do you know what the injury is? Like, does anybody know what the injury is for Cade? Is there's been so many rumors about he's fighting something, but what what the heck is he fighting?
2: I I tried to get an inside tip and
1: can't figure it out. Nope. Right? I mean it, nope. it's, I mean ten of eighteen. This that's that's week one. Those are week two numbers right there. That's not. Yeah. And look, I don't want to lose sleep over because we're running the ball. I mean Haskins doing what he did with with what a hundred. 168 yards, so you didn't have to throw the ball, but there were still some crucial plays and field goals. We had a 34-yard field goal, 32-yard field goal, another 34-yard field goal. That's because we're not making plays through the air on crucial third Correct. downs yep. inside the, the when the field gets tight and you need a quarterback that can make a throw.
3: So who do you blame that on, a quarterback, or do you blame it on the scheme, the offensive scheme and the offensive coordinator?
1: Okay. It's a tough question. It is a a tough question. It is literally
3: impossible for us to know as fans, but it's fun to talk about, so I think we should bring it up. No,
1: I think that's that's a great question. For me, I am going to benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the scheme. And somebody should be schemed to get open at one point. I'm just assuming you can figure that out. But if your quarterback can't make that throw, that's – the problem. So You can I just, scheme all you want, but have quarterback seen can't it. make the throw. I haven't seen it. The which, last Which part?
3: The last two years. The scheme? I have not seen the scheme work in the red zone. I just haven't seen it. It has become predictable. It becomes um, less imaginative and less open and less um, in space, I guess you could say, and just more like what early on that was working so well in the year. What were they doing? They, all they were doing was giving it to Haskins and Coram and letting them go. That, that is it. There hasn't been offensive ingenuity. Is that the right way? Yeah. So he hasn't designed anything to put his quarterbacks in. And, look, I'm not a huge uh, fan of the way, you know, um, Michigan has executed these plays. Sometimes I think there's a guy open in the end zone when they just check it down to a running back or, or over the middle to a tight end. So I'm not going to say that the execution has nothing to do with this, but – you would think eventually this issue would be a non-issue for such a good team. And it hasn't been that way. We haven't seen them execute unless it's Corm or Haskins running it right up the gut and, and scoring a touchdown. Making those big I want to yeah. see it. And and the, and the other times we've seen it, it's been JJ doing something crazy. A little bit absurd. Yeah, yeah, which which I personally think that he needs to get that kind of time and yeah, he might He's- have had a bad game, but you know, it happens.
1: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about the, the quarterbacks. I, I brought up Cade's numbers at 10 of 18 for 168 yards and two touchdowns. JJ, 5 of 10 uh, for 55 yards. He had the interception. It was off the wide receiver's helmet. I'm not going to blame him on that, especially that specific one. But I also thought he threw the ball into really – I mean, you're playing against a good defense or just athletic players. They're making those players. I thought there was a couple in there that I was like, man, he got away with that. Indiana, what you think of his game?
3: Indiana has some good defensive players. Yeah. They do. Their defense is, is not that bad. Their offense just doesn't help them out at all. I, I think he forced the game a little bit. He didn't let the game come to him, um, which we've seen work for him in the past. And if you get that kind of confidence, it can bite you. And that's the main reason we couldn't have him start the big games against Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, because you cannot have a guy like this who's still learning what he can get away with and what he can't go in and lose a game for you. So I think this is all part of the learning curve for him. Um, you saw it early on. I, I I probably bounce around too much. But, you know, Ohio State's quarterback, he struggled early on with knowing what he could get away with what he can't. And now he's a little bit more reserved, and you still see the big plays because of the talent on the field. That's something that he still has to jump into because he's had limited playing time up until this point. And he's also coming off a game that against Michigan State where he – could is probably blaming himself for the loss. Yeah, so his confidence is an all-time low. I want the ball in his hands more and more, so he forgets about that more and more. Yeah, and let his talent shine through, so he doesn't start feeling bad about okay.
2: himself. Here's a question for you: Both healthy, if you got to decide, who would you start this coming week?
1: From look, I, I would have started JJ way earlier. I would have. Right here, right now, I think you've made your bed, yep. and I think you gotta sleep in it. Yep, that's the way I look at it. It has to be Cade. If you yep. make this change now, injury aside, it's it, it is the worst decision a coach could make, in my opinion. Correct. I and I would as excited as I would be. I'd be pumped. I'd be, pumped. I'd be sitting at the. I'd be pumped. Like I, you <laughs> just know me. I'd just be like, well, all right, ruin. what's gonna happen? I'd be really excited, and but I'd be the. I'd be very quick to question it. Not the move to start, JJ, but the move of why did it take so long? Why are we seeing, he he just got his most action, right? Five of 10 throwing. That was the most throws he's played in the game. That's the thing that bothers me. The fact that we didn't do it sooner and know, do we have the right guy in there? It's It's
3: not even knowing if he's the right guy. It's, it's preparing him for the moment. Correct. And they I haven't agree. done that. They have not done that up until this point, so you cannot put him in a position to lose these critical games. And then and now you've got a mental head yeah. case. You know. yeah. I,
2: I think they made a mistake not putting him in towards the tail, not even the tail end, the last quarter versus Northwestern. I think as, JJ. I
1: think there's been many of many chances that they, they, they failed to give him an opportunity. That, that was even the biggest that was when the most
2: they, glaring. Even one. when they
1: brought him in, they haven't allowed him to do anything because they're winning big. It's easy to hand the ball off. That's what he's there to do. Oh yeah. It's like, no, go like if you really want to find out what you have, who cares about the feelings on the other side? Who cares what people say about running up the score? They're like, hey, I'm trying to figure out if my quarterback can run this offense. That's what I'm trying to figure out. And like I, that's the frustrating thing for me. It's like even when he's come in the games early, Western Michigan, I think he was mid-third quarter, and ran the ball, just handed the ball off. That was all he did. A couple throws, obviously. I think he was like two for two that, that yeah, game. Yeah, and then Valaria went in, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just like what's the? What, you're not learning anything. And look, they learn a lot more in practice than they can do in a game. Let's. They really can. That's not That's not preparing to, they the think player, they can, though. Yes, They think they can. Yeah. I think I should have said that. Yep. Because for me, you don't know when a gamer is a gamer. And I think that goes in like just about every single sport. I could look terrible in a batting cage and then go drill a home run like I did opening day in softball. No big deal. Like,
0: <laughs> No big deal. Still not
1: thinking about it. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Until you're in the moment of a game, drill a it, home completely, <laughs> it completely <laughs> – Classic. <laughs> we go. Let's that was get awesome. back on the rail here. <laughs> you drilled a home run in I softball. I smoked. I was around second before I knew it was out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Every home run I've ever hit. Anyways, only the doubles I pimp.
1: You need to put these games. <laughs> you need to put these guys in games and see how they perform on the field. That's where I'm at. Because Tom Brady, they didn't know what they had with him until they absolutely had to use him when when he comes back and beats well, Alabama. When, well, no, when the guy gets hurt. Oh yeah. Or I said Tom Brady, not Trevor Lawrence. Well, Tom or Brady came back to, and beat uh, Alabama. Sorry. Oh.
2: Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence. too. I don't uh, know.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying they didn't cool. know that they had the greatest quarterback of all time until what's his face got hurt, and they had to put Tom Brady in the game and win the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff happened. But so put him in a game. Anyways, where what, what are we at? We're we
2: is, is I think that's the end of the Michigan talk. Is JJ going to go on. win a Super Bowl? I'm confused.
1: I don't know. For the Lions? <laughs> 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 no, he's going to be the Packers well. first round pick. <laughs> Um, uh, right after another, Jordan Love is really yeah. good. <laughs> another concern, another big concern for me was only 19 first downs. I know that, that sounds like a decently high number, but they were three of 12 on third down. Again, this team living on third down, not picking it up. Hate it. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, and again, it that goes, that to goes
3: back to the short field lack of it really is. of like, I don't know, lack of creativity. There, he doesn't. He doesn't get anybody. He doesn't make the game easy for them. He makes them he, execute he, to perfection. Talking I'm talking, talking about Josh Gaddis. Yeah. He makes them execute to perfection to move the Evan ball all down the field, and that's not fair to the players. It, it really
2: isn't, and I'm, and I'm getting sick of it. They're, Open up the playbook. They're going to be put to another test this weekend.
1: Yeah, so let's jump into that. Quorum injury, I think, is a major concern. Um, sounds like he was in a walking boot. I, I doubt he plays this week. That would be a, a, that is a too bad. big, big um, miracle if he can. And, and that, that's concerning for me because, look, Haskins obviously had a good game. He looked really good this week. But I think we've seen time and time again consistent Haskins can slow the offense down. I think Quorum is very important to have for the change of pace and change things up, third down, throw him in there. He can catch the ball a little bit. But I don't want to say Haskins can't. I'm just saying he's that guy. He's the specialist that can do that. Correct. Um, unless he's dropping the ball against Michigan State, um, well, huh. I think we've seen Haskins more drives stall if has if the offensive line can't get the push and Haskins can kind of he can get caught behind the line more often. I think than Corum, if that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So that's concerning to me. Can he be? Can, will
3: Again, it comes will down to the are offense, they predictable? Will the offense mm.
1: adjust if Haskins isn't working? Can the offense adjust if Haskins isn't working? Will it, they respect our passing game? That is all a big concern when you don't have quorum to be that outside look instead of inside the tackles only. Like that's that's where this, this could be concerning against Penn State. That,
2: that's what I come down to is who is standing behind or on the sideline from Haskins,
1: Donovan Edwards, right? Is that what you're saying?
2: I don't know because he, he didn't hurt. dress last yeah, week. He didn't dress. He was hurt. So that leaves Tavier Dunlap, true oh, freshman. I, I don't trust
1: that. It, I mean, well, should I?
2: That's that's what I'm getting at. I don't know. Like who? It's a big question mark behind Haskins. Is, is Coram going to be out there with a freaking like tape to the high heaven's ankle? Is Donovan Edwards going to dress? Who knows? Who? I don't know. Wait, is Donovan Edwards hurt? He was hurt last week. That's yeah. why he didn't play.
1: Allegedly, right? Man,
2: so
3: okay. Uh, yeah, allegedly. Well, that that's a big part of their offense. And then at that point, you have to get creative with your offense. And really, if if we're talking about the offense becoming one predictable, one predictable, more pre- one dimensional, one dimensional, then I would trust JJ in this kind of a scenario to be creative. Run. Well, he can he can run and he can, he can survey place. the field yeah he could extend plays he can create something when nothing is there and let you know their their wide receivers get space when they were covered earlier on like it's
1: it's weird because i feel like we should know what this team is going to be obviously heading into the last three weeks of the season but with these injuries with these question marks like i feel like we could be looking at a completely different offense here in the next couple weeks if quorum and cades injuries are are as bad as what we're yeah could be um so how do you guys feel heading into this game Sorry, hold on. Were you one, ask?
2: one question. Do you think JJ's interception prone?
1: No. I, I mean, I, I think he takes massive, massive chances. I think, I, I think it would be silly to say that he's interception prone because Don't, he hasn't.
2: Correct. Um, but, man. Don't take the ratio of chances to interception proneness. I'm just saying, for, for like, eye test because Cade's done so well with the ball.
1: I think the combination of. Our lack of big play wide receivers, wide receiver bodies that go up and make plays, go and get the ball when it's up there. That scares me with a guy like JJ throwing the ball. Where a guy like Cade, I think, is going to be a little more careful and make sure that only one guy can get his hands on a ball. You know well, what I mean? Does that well, make sense?
3: Yeah, you th- you think about all the times if you're if you're the quarterback for the entire game and now they're relying on you, there are a lot of opportunities for you to make a mistake with, with a big play and Cade will most often go with the safe option and JJ believes himself. So he is more of a wild card. He's going to throw the ball down the field in the tight window where it could bounce off somebody's helmet and go into, and you know, not blaming that on him. Right. But, but in that scenario, like you just don't know. And in his whole life, he has succeeded. He's been the best out of, you know, everybody wins national title with IMG. He he also you know threw the ball down the field and made insane plays over and over and over again with that team, and he never got punished for it. So, in this scenario right now, he might try to do too much. He might think over the course of a game that he can make that play seven times when he should have only tried two or three times. Mm-hmm. Not that you shouldn't go to try to, to get the big play, yeah. but you just need to know when when yeah, it's appropriate. We
1: do got to put a quick bow on on Michigan talk. So we got some basketball to talk about. Um Okay. But, I mean, my my biggest concern are, are the injuries here. I'm not going to make an excuse because the way Penn State's down, we should be able to to make something happen. We should be able to win this game. Correct. Our defense is really good. Our defense is is obviously the thing that we can hang our hat on heading into Happy Valley. 100%. But my another concern is what Michigan State did to us, Penn State can do. The, the, every time we've played, I mean, the, the – Three best teams we played, talent-wise, recruit-wise, five-star-wise, like little cute little numbers-wise, we've been exposed in a way. You know what I mean? And it hasn't been as easy and as fun as as it has been against the bad team. And I think right here is a good chance for Michigan to be like, yeah, to show that, yeah. Like if they're going to go out and win this game, I'm not going to be, see, told you, this is how good this team is. But if they go out and lose it, I can't be like, if somebody's like, "See, they're overrated," I'm be like, "Yeah, I, I can't disagree." You know what I mean? And that's right. that's uncomfortable because everything's in front of them. They win out, I believe that they're in. Whether Michigan State wins out or not, I think if Michigan wins out, they are in the playoff. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, this is as awesome it is. Is I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm Michael oh. Scott. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. just I'm ready to get hurt, and it's, it's – <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's what's fun about college football. This, this time last year, we didn't have these conversations because it didn't matter, and I would much rather have a chance to get hurt rather than not. Like, what what is the what is the saying? I'd rather have loved and lost than not loved at all or something like that. Isn't that what the
2: – That's pretty good. I have never heard that one. I is like it, is that. that. Is that right, well Ryan? Done.
1: I would rather have loved and lost – the not love never, loved, loved, never it loved, loved at all. What is that from? That's from something famous, right?
3: Probably something. It's a movie. But I've that's cried here in. we
1: are with Michigan and Michigan State. We got love. We we found oh. Oh, love. Oh yeah! And right here we're ready to get hurt. And well, we I can tell you, I don't want to go happened? through
2: last year again, ever again.
1: No, sure. Re, re.
0: Bob. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority. But we love both like a fat kid loves cake.
1: Hunt, hunt!
0: This is State of My Sports. I already done that one. But
1: before we get into the main topics of episode 130, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Their revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine, and ciders make, make the hops perfect before we have it going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. The hops is the official brewery of state of my sports in 2021, and if you mention state of my sports, you'll get a nice little discount off your first beer. So here we are, college fo- college basketball season. I'm gonna call it college football for a long time. I'm sure, but. We're going to start with MSU and try to move through it as quick as we can. Um, Ryan, I'm going to kind of count on you to, to kind of yeah, sure. tell us what you want here. but Well, I wish they um, would have been
3: playing Kentucky or Duke right now because, <laughs> my goodness, they can't score to save their life.
1: All right, so MSU entered last season ranked 13th in the country and reached number four in the country for week three and four um, before falling quickly. The combination of the injury bug and just the strange season of the, of the, the COVID um Caused issues for many of the Blue Bloods, uh, which included Michigan State. They finished 15-13 and 13 overall, ninth in the Big Ten, going 9-11 in conference. They made the tournament as an 11-seed play-in game and lost to UCLA. Who ended up making it all the way to the Final Four. Um, I kind of want to start with some uh, additions and some tractions here. Um, Rocket Watts transferred to Mississippi State. Foster Lawyer uh, yep. transferred to Davidson. Uh, Thomas Kiffier Ke- Valparaiso and Jack Hoiberg to USTA. Uh, Michigan State also lost senior guard Josh Langford, um, who had an opportunity to come back but decided not to. um, Decided not to play another season. I don't know if he's in the NBA or not. Um, But a couple uh, additions that are worth bringing up was true freshman. Another
3: another subtraction would be um, the best player that got drafted last year, Um, Lefty. Mm-hmm. Defensive. And bald. Second. Yeah, yep. second, second rounder. Anyways, mm-hmm. go on. We can we can go on to the additions because that's, that's Winston? important. No, no, it was two
1: years ago. Um, anyways, some additions that they they uh they're worth talking about. True freshman Max Christie uh will be the starting shooting guard for Michigan State, who will who is highly touted uh five star recruit. And from the transfer portal, they got uh, point guard from Northeastern, Tyson Walker, along with Jaden Akins, who I believe is a freshman. Is that right?
3: Yeah, Jaden Akins is a freshman, six five, athletic, lefty shooter, can can uh, do a lot with the ball, and he showed it
1: tonight. Really, Sider just scored. Um,
3: yeah. Some
1: quick odds here. So Sorry. odds were to win the Big Ten is plus nine hundred. To win the national championship plus three thousand, and their over under is at twenty two and a half wins. Currently unranked and lost to Kansas today, right?
2: Correct. Eighty seven seventy four.
1: Some projected starters. This was a projected. I don't. I didn't see what happened. Uh, who exactly started? But Joey Hauser, Marcus Bingham, Tyson Walker, who's the transfer? Gabe Brown and Max Christie. Um, just some quick thoughts, then, Ryan, I'll, I'll kind of hand it over to you and kind of see what, what your thoughts are heading into the season with them. Um, I just think it's going to be really interesting here. And I I feel like this is very strange for Tom Izzo because usually he's got some big names coming in, and I know that they have a, a big one. Um, but usually it's a couple, I think. And one thing that I'm seeing about – seeing Izzo do is it doesn't seem like he's enjoying himself nearly as much anymore. And I think that he's coming very close to just being done. And I think the combination of the way that we we've seen him and it might just spend the COVID season kind of being difficult on everybody. um, And a guy like Izzo would probably kind of feel that more than anyone. Um, But also you got the new uh, AD in there. I'm curious if, if it doesn't go well, if this will be one of those mutually part ways and retire for Izzo. And he also, he, I heard him on, I think it was um, Jim Rome, I think he was on one time, and he was like, yeah, I'm not going to have my, my farewell to like, Coach K and, and stuff like that. I was like, when I'm done, I'm going to be done. I'm just going to not show up the next day. And I think that that was eye-opening because he's already thinking about it. And most coaches don't talk like that. And for me, like seeing the way that he's acted the last year and a half to two years, and if it doesn't go well, I could I could see a change here. I don't know if that's fair, but that's where I'm gonna be really looking into the season and be like, all right, what is Izzo feeling? How is he? What is he saying? And and. What does it mean for the program moving forward? I don't, I don't know if you have any other thoughts heading into the season, Ryan.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, it definitely could be that kind of a year for Izzo. I think you're right. I, he's getting to the point where he's thinking, at least considering, you know, like when when is the right time to call quits. And he can't be doing this forever, and, you know, you want to you leave when you're still at the top of your game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think let's get back to the team real quick with the basketball too. There's a lot of unknowns, and and last year, you know, they got to the Elite Eight after disappointing throughout the regular season and getting an 11 seed, and having to really like play their way into the tournament, which was uh, surprising. Season? Yeah, this past season. No, they
1: lost the play-in game. Michigan State? Yeah, it was 11 seed versus 11 seed to play into the tournament. They lost to UCLA. Oh,
3: UCLA. I'm okay. I'm. Sorry, you're getting Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, players. I am, I am, yeah, yeah, in the Elite Eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that. No, you're good. But but really, they could have won that game
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was overtime, maybe double overtime. I, yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I think All right. it was yeah. – No, you're
3: right. And, and so, Rocket Watts, I we said it at the beginning of last year, he was probably the, the win or lose. He was the reason they were going to win or the reason they were going to lose. And he didn't take good enough care of the basketball. Uh, so, what did they do? They went and got Tyson Walker, which is a – uh, transfer that's coming in who has what? Like I think he averaged over 18 points a game, six assists. Like he had the ball in his hands all the time. He's a decision maker. He's a, a pretty smooth athlete and should be something somebody that they can trust moving forward. To also replace him or as a backup, um, Rock Watson I'm talking it's the point guard position. Then you also have AJ Hogard, which was last year's freshman. Not not the. Best, you know, like I would say point guard body. But looking at him this year, he's gotten a lot stronger. He's gotten a lot more confident. And tonight against Kansas, he had a big part of why they were in the game in the first half and and was one of their main playmakers in this game. So um, I expect a lot from A.J. Hogard moving forward. So I really think their point guard position this year is a lot more solidified compared to last year and as the season goes on you're going to find you're going to find their roles you're going to find in late game situations who they're going to rely on to handle the ball and make that decision and who's going to go sit in the corner and shoot the three or who's going to be on the bench you're going to find out you know who is it was going to trust in those kind of situations um but max christie freshman five-star guy, big-time recruit. He looked every bit of that tonight and I I am very impressed with him. I think as the season goes on, you're going to be you're going to see him take more and more of a lead scoring role in this offense, which is big because they have a lot of really good role players on the team, but they need somebody to take control of the ball and make these big-time decisions. And so, you know, you're not just making Marcus Bingham and Malik Hall make all the decisions. And even gave Gabe Brown because um, I think the next forward slots that we've already talked about are are I don't even know how to differentiate them, but let's just get into it. Joey Hauser, Julius Marble, both power forwards um, can pass the ball, are can be physical. Joey Hauser is more of a touch guy with the three point shooting, um, decision making. But then Malik Hall and Gabe Brown, those are all power forward slash small forwards, yeah. and it, it can either be the strength of this team moving forward or it can be their downfall if they don't handle the ball and make good decisions. So that is the key to watch with this team. Again, I'm going to go through it. Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, Julius Marble, and Joey Hauser. It's a mix of big bodies that can that – they're going to have the ball in their hands a lot this year, and they're going to rely on them to play center sometimes when Marcus Beam is out. So –
1: yeah, so, so let's get into some players and some categories that we always like to do for the preview. Um, you brought up Max Christie. I, I was going to put him as my breakout my breakout player here. Uh, I just think he's going to be a, a, a key. Um, we saw him in the exhibition. He scored 17 points in 19 minutes against Ferris State. You said he had a really good game today as well. So it sounds like Izzo's going to trust him, which is way different than what you know young guys come in and do right away. right? This is going to be a different type of team for Izzo um, because he's going to have to trust. A young guy, and he can't put him through the ringer. And like, like Izzo kind of likes to do early on, he's gonna have to throw this guy to the wolves, and he's gonna have to be a key piece early on. Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna find yourself busting your butt just to kind of get in contention for the yeah.
3: Tournament I year, mean, right? we've seen it though. We've seen Jaron Jackson play early That's on true. as a freshman. We've yeah. seen, we've seen, um, but, uh, but
1: Chrissy's not to that level, is he? Well, I think he's more
3: of like a Gary Harris type, okay, where they do they're gonna trust him, they're gonna give him the ball, they're gonna expect him to score. And as the season go on, goes on, Gary Harris proved to be that kind of a guy. And I think Christie is hopefully up for the challenge. I think, I think he is. But trusting freshmen is not something that Izzo is against. He has proven to be that guy in the past. What he will not do is trust his whole team to a group of freshmen. He okay. does not do that, yeah. and and that's not the situation here. Tyson Walker again, a transfer. Uh, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, Marcus Bingham Jr. These are veteran players Houser for this. Well. Joey Hauser, yeah. yeah, I mean even yeah, um, with Julius Marble and and Sissoko, like these are these are veteran players that they're surrounding these few key freshmen. Uh, and second-year guys around, and I think it's a decent mix of players. I think they're better than people will give credit for at this point.
1: Yeah. Do you, would you say Christie's going to be kind of your breakout player, or, or do you kind of go a different way?
3: I'm thinking either um, Gabe Brown or Marcus Bingham Jr., and I and I can't really decide. Gabe Brown is the freakiest of freak athletes on the yeah. team. He, I mean, he is really, really good. I think he, he can shoot it. He shot over 40% of threes last year, but he only averaged like seven points. So yeah. it showed like the limited playing time that he had. But when he when he pulls the trigger, he is so effective and he's difficult to guard. So lefty, also just really hard to guard. as a small forward, big body. But then Marcus Bingham Jr., he is the seven-footer. I think he grew an inch or two. Um, he's the seven-footer that I, I personally – he's from Grand Rapids actually. Okay. I personally think he's way more skilled than people give him credit for. I think he can shoot the ball. He doesn't have that role – or confidence within the offense at this point. But if he ever has or develops that confidence, he could be an absolute difference maker for this team and put them to the next level.
1: Um, don't forget about player. I went with Joey Hauser. I think it, with, with all the new guys, um, we can kind of look past the Joey Hauser. He was the transfer from Marquette last year. Never really got comfortable. I think the, the COVID season kind of played a role with, with that. Got comfortable um, early,
3: but not middle and late. It was yeah, weird. Yeah,
1: it was, it was very strange. Um, and I, I think you can't forget about him because I think he, he was brought in for a reason, and I don't think he lived up to that reason last year. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how, how he kind of develops. Um, And he's going to be important to, to this team. So I, I don't know. That's where I kind of went. I could cheat and go
3: A.J. Hogard here um, because of how he played today, but my <laughs> real answer is Julius Marble. I, I, This is another one with all the power forwards on this team It could get lost. He is a big, strong dude. He's athletic, and, and I think he's underrated, um, and he's not even starting. Malik Hall was starting. So Julius Marble I think is going to play a key role for this team, and the more he gets playing time, I think he's – he's going to develop that confidence because he believes in himself, and you can see it on the court. His confidence is sky high.
1: Yeah, rebound, rebound player is a tough one because sometimes you just don't have that guy that really fits the criteria. I think that fits more for, you know, NFL and, and NBA. Yeah, Or, sorry, not NBA, MLB. Um, but uh, for me, like, my rebound player was Gabe Brown. I don't think he necessarily had a bad year last year, but he, has, he hasn't he has lived up to the expectations of what they, they recruited him for. Um, he was a four-star in 2018, 101 nationally. Nothing crazy, but, like, he hasn't he hasn't done what what he was brought in to do. Um, well, we all see lead, his talent. Yeah, and, and we I, want more. Exactly, and I think with the playing time and maybe a little extra confidence and trust that hopefully Izzo puts in on in him um, allows him to kind of pull the trigger a little bit more. Because when he does, he, he looks good. He can look very very good, and and, and just as importantly, the, I don't think he had those times that he's looked bad, where he's just. Dr- you know, ruined the flow because I feel like he's more passive in that way. Where here, it's like it just needs more opportunities, need more, needs more confidence, needs more. Um, uh, what's the right word? Permission. Like he needs permission to to go out and and be aggressive. And I don't think he's been given that. So that's kind of why I went with 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 my rebound player. Um, I don't know if one stands out to you or not. Yeah, Joey
3: Hauser. I, I yeah. think he he underimpressed. It's a good fit from yeah. last year, and I expected a lot, and he looked so good early on. We were just raving about this Michigan State team early last year, and then they just fell off the map, and it just didn't turn out for them well. And and it was in my mind, it was a direct result of the point guard play and the the lack of production from Joey Hauser.
1: Yeah, and for under the radar, I went with Tyson Walker. He was the transfer out of the Northeastern. Uh, last season, he scored 18.8 points per game, had 4.8 assists in 34.8 minutes per game. Uh, I think he's underrated outside shooter from what I read up on him and, and has proven to have the ability to get his own shot. I'm curious to how he will fit and if he will be given the reins to kind of create his own shot. Um, but I think he's, he's kind of coming in under the radar a, a tad. Um, when you have, you know, Christy oh, sure. kind of coming in to be the the freshman that everybody's excited about. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I went there.
3: I, I could go with actually two of the other freshmen, Jaden Akins and A.J. Hogard, who's actually a second-year guy. Um, but instead I'll go with a different freshman, Pierre Brooks. He was Mr. Basketball this year or this last year in the state of Michigan. And he is a he's a small forward big guy, and I think he might find a role a niche in this team where he becomes like the draymond green really okay. big body, but good decision maker, ball in his hands um vocal leader kind of a shouldn't doesn't really have any of the the major tools that you would think would be effective for a basketball player yeah, but is very effective because of how much he wants it. And he has been that way all through high school. He won a state championship. And I think he's, his competitive level will bring him into the rotation, and I think he'll make a difference.
1: So wrap us up with who you think will be the most valuable player for this team and some, just set some expectations of what you think this team will be when all said and done.
3: I'm gonna go with an underrated pick. This isn't who I think is gonna be the best player, and maybe that's so I, that's I, so my I get own rid fault. of
1: dark horse MVP. Yeah, I finally get rid of the word dark horse. Now yep. you're gonna you're gonna follow the criteria. Correct. Yeah. No, I'm gonna go dark horse. You're gonna go dark horse. Dark horse MVP,
3: MVP AJ Hogard, <laughs> point backup point guard. And okay. I know how dumb that sounds, but it, you can never have too many good players and good players controlling the ball and making decisions. And if he can be that guy like I saw in the first half against Kansas today um he's gonna be he's gonna be a big difference maker for this team, and I don't know if he has the finishing ability, but he doesn't need to finish. he can just make the right decision
1: all right and then what are your expectations
3: i'm I'm expecting a team that is between i would say like probably right around like fifteen in the nation, just ranked fifteenth by the end of the year. And they, they're going to lose some games you think they should win in the Big Ten, but they're not going to be an easy out for any team. I think you're going to have to earn it against them. Which is um, a
1: sign of, of good coaching.
3: Yeah, well, and again, like if you look at their players, Marcus Bingham's seven foot, and then they've got a couple point guards, everybody in between is six foot six to six foot nine. Right. And they're all big bodies like can rebound and make decisions. Some can shoot, some can... Pound on low, like you just don't know. Like they're they're going to be a tough out for everybody. They're they're going to absolutely dominate some teams based on their size, and then other teams you're going to be like, why do they have so many middle guys? They should they should be, you know, they're shorter than on this team. So it just depends on the matchups. It'll play a big role in this team.
1: That makes sense. All right, so let's jump over to our our Michigan Michigan basketball here. Um, last year they. Ex- they exceeded preseason expectations that projected them to finish in the middle of the Big Ten, but ended up winning the regular season, earning the number one seed in the tournament, or a number one seed in the tournament, I should say, before losing to UCLA in the Elite Eight. Uh, they finished 23-5 and overall, 14-3 and in the conference play. Um, heading into this season, they're ranked number six in the country and has them at over under 27 wins with plus 330 odds, which is tied with Purdue to win the Big Ten, and plus 1,400 to win the national championship, which I think was top five. Um, some subtractions that they have from last year was Isaiah Livers, Franz Wagner uh, to the uh, NBA. Mike Smith and Chani Brown also are gone. Some additions. McDonald's All-American in the in, uh, big man Musa Diabati, is that right? Uh, Diabati. Forward Caleb Houston and guard Kobe Bufkin. Point guard Devontae Jones, a grad transfer who uh, started the past three seasons at Coastal Carolina, will step in uh, the role vacated by Smith. The projected starting lineups, uh, Devontae Jones, Eli Brooks, Caleb Houston, Brandon Johns Jr., and Hunter Dickinson. Um, you know, just, just a quick little preview of, of heading into the season. My thoughts were, you know, I, I, I was against the Juwan Howard Uh, Higher, I thought it was gimmicky. I thought it was um, cute. I thought it was just—I didn't think it was going to work. And I am dead wrong. He's proven the last two years that he can take what's given to him and and coach. And he's, you know, taking beeline guys—you know, mediocre, not any high-end talent, five stars, anything like that—and he's he's turned them into very good basketball players. Now here we're looking at a completely different type of, of basketball now. And that's going to be the key for me is seeing how Juwan Howard can coach egos, can coach guys that are have the five stars next to their name that came here for the ball, came here to be the guy. You have multiples. Um, and you also have the mix of the, the veterans that are used to the old way and now we're going to bring in this new way. I'm very interested to see how that can can mix together and how Juwan Howard can, can kind of, you know, Run this type of team. It's good it's a different type of team. They might play the same type of basketball, but when you're bringing in this type type of talent, that number two, I think overall recruiting class is what I thought I found. Um, I mean, they were they were number one. Season,
3: they were number one for the entire year.
1: Did they get leapfrog, Micah? I think they were number I, I, one. From from what I read last night, it, they. I think they finished number two, but oh, okay. there's also different recruiting, so who knows which one yeah. I was looking at. Yep, 24-7 uh,
3: versus ESPN, they all do it differently. Yeah,
1: so I, I don't know. I think this is a whole new ball game, and he was the first to admit it. Um, in a press, preseason press conference, he talked about how, hey, this is new to me, I don't know, we'll see. And he's kind of kept that mantra, he did that the last couple years too. Yeah, um,
3: he's just being smart with that.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, what, what are your thoughts heading into the season? Either one of you, if you guys have any, like, High expectations, right?
3: Very high. I I think um, your question earlier when you were laying this out is, uh, you know, how do you manage this kind of, like, how do you coach this type of team with the new talent coming in, with this high of a recruiting class and everything? I think the way you do that is you have the veteran leadership that they have right now. I mean, Eli Brooks is somebody that, you know, a freshman coming in, is Eli Brooks going to be, like, an all-star level talent at in the nba no probably not but he will definitely earn your respect based on the way he plays and the way you know how long he's been there and the respect he's earned over the years so you're not going to just go in and like take the ball away from him or don't think that he's going to shoot the ball and then and then having a uh, an all-american in hunter dickinson down low like you're not going to come in as a Diabati and just say I deserve to be the starting yeah. center here. No, well, no, you got to earn it, and that's the beauty of having this type of talent and recruiting classes on top of each other. Is if you're getting the right personalities, they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna be jealous of this. They're just gonna work that much harder to achieve what the guy next to him is achieving.
1: Yeah, I, I really hope so. I, I think the working with guys like Dickinson, Eli Brooks. I think you already brought both up, both those names up. it's like if those guys can bring in the old way and the younger guys can come in and be like, yeah, this is your team. I'm here to follow and show us how show us the ropes. Like, it will be a very smooth transition. But if, let's say, Eli Brooks isn't living up to expectations and isn't producing, that can change, you know, freshman's view on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 100%. That, and that could be – In that case, that then change. you – And same thing with Hunter Dickinson. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to produce, but I think he's here for different reasons. And it'll be interesting. We'll I'll get into that here in a bit, but – I don't know. Go, go ahead.
3: So I expect this team to be – like this is a good mix right now because Brandon Johns Jr. too might be the most underrated player, so I'm going to bring his name up properly a little bit later. But he is one of the most underrated talents on this team. And the fact that he's going to be starting with the height and size that he has and the basketball ability to shoot the ball from the outside, score down low, rebound, uh, make good pass decisions – like he has earned the playing time that he's going to get this year and that just means again that the second group these young players are going to have to step up and maybe they're not one-and-duns that's fine these guys don't look yeah. like one-and-duns to me okay so even though they got the number 1 or 2 recru- recruited class in the country th- these aren't guys that are just going to turn around and leave after one year and be the number 1 number 2 overall draft pick you know is that next kind year of gone like no, it's not gone. No. No, no, no,
1: no, We just haven't got that much talent in, in them coming out right now. Yeah, I
3: mean, well, you look at last year, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, um, one, two, three, four, five, six at least were all one-and-dones. Were they? Yeah. Okay. The the first one, one uh, or non-one-and-done guy is probably like Franz Wagner, okay. who is a two-and-done. Right. So, no, that's not gone. But I'm just saying, like, these guys, I don't think they're the ones that are just going to be leaving for the lottery because – they're not committed to the school. Like, you know, these are guys that might stick around for two, three years. Yeah. Yeah, and and maybe not Caleb uh, Houston – Maybe, but but we'll see. You know, like if he has a good, if he has an off-shooting year, then he'll probably come back. If he has a great shooting year, he will probably leave and be a top 10, 15 pick.
1: Yeah, so I had him slotted as, as my breakout player, number ten recruit in the country, five star out of Florida, twenty four seven sports. So obviously, when I I don't watch college or high school basketball, I'm I'm gonna admit that right now. Come I mean, on, man. So I'm gonna tell you what twenty four seven sport twenty four seven sports says. Um, Houston is long and lean shooter who is an excellent low main maintenance prospect. What does that mean? Low maintenance. Like you don't have to change a shot. Is that that what that means?
3: No, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be great.
1: That's what I was hoping when I read that. He's a team player. Okay.
3: He's a team player who can sit on the outside and then when the big guy gets doubled and he kicks it out to the corner, he's going to get a lot of points that way.
1: Okay. They said he's a perfect stretch four with his size and skill level. What sets him apart from his peers is his feathery catch and shoot jump shot that he knocks down at an efficient rate. So okay. Me, I'm not I'm not the the brightest basketball guy. I don't know if you guys know that about me or not. Really? When I hear featherly or featherly catch and shoot jump shot, my brain went right to like Kevin Durant. Is that I uh, I'm not saying that's a that's what he plays like or anything like that, but that's what went to my head. Is that fair? Is that what that means?
3: Uh it it's a little bit different, but but I would say it's a decent comparison. Yeah. Okay. So this is a, a sharpshooter for sure. Um, he's going to be – he's probably the best freshman sharpshooter before any games are played that people would be expecting. Okay. He He does not need the ball in his hands, meaning that he's not going to just dribble and create his own shot like Kyrie Irving and make something happen out of nothing. Yeah. But he plays within the system as he gets the ball – it is just like the most effortless shot you can you can imagine. Kevin Durant probably is a pretty good comparison there, even though the form isn't exactly the same. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's gonna you're gonna he's gonna be three feet behind the three point line, you're gonna be like, Oh man, that was that didn't look like he shot the ball at all. It looked okay. like he was shooting a free throw. You gotcha. Know? All right. Um and he, and he's smooth and he's confident and he can shoot the ball and he will shoot the ball and he'll score a lot of points. Do you have this a different
1: year. breakout player? Or is that is that the, the easy pick here? No,
3: I mean, that's a that's a great pick. I think um, Caleb Houston's also an obvious pick. Uh, let me go back to some of these. Uh, Tyson Walker would be oh, – did I just go back to Michigan City? Yeah, State? I think you did. Sorry. Who's who's the Diabati? freshman? No, who's the freshman? Uh, Devontae Jones. Devontae Jones is their transfer coming in as a point guard. Yeah. I, I think Devontae Jones is my breakout. I think he's going to be the Mike Smith from last year. Yeah. And and he could end up being. I think he's going to handle the ball a little bit more than Smith did. But um, he's that important to the offense. He's going to be that important to this team and the and you know probably the minutes played by the end of the year.
2: Do you think he's more talented than Mike Smith? Don't you? I,
1: I think coming in, he's
3: more proven, right? I I think he's probably more talented and more proven, but he might. N- not, he fits a different it, role. It he fits not, a different it role. It might
1: not be as seamless as it was in Mike Smith.
3: He probably won't put up the number like if you guys remember, Mike Smith was playing like thirty-six to forty minutes a game. Sometimes he wouldn't even come out of the game. Yeah. Like he was insane. I don't think he's that kind of a guy. I think they're gonna give minutes to other players, mm-hmm. but he'll be over thirty minutes a game.
1: So in 2021, Sunbelt Player of the Year. Um, he has a hundred or one thousand three hundred and eighty one career points and three hundred and forty one assists in eighty one games. Uh, he's a 23-year-old versatile finisher, and shot 37% on threes. I mean, yeah. I mean, they 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 have him coming in. He's basically the the Mike Smith of the this team. He needs to be. I, I had him slotted my under the radar player. I'm gonna just say that now, so we can skip it later. That's why I wanted to get that information out there. But. Um, Going back to – so that that was your breakout player there. Yeah, that's my breakout. Um, Don't forget about. I went with Diabati. I think he's an easy guy to kind of forget about, um, mainly because he's not the number one recruit coming in. And he's also the – he's a bigger guy, right? Like he's kind of – I don't want to say – I know he's not a center, so it's not like Hunter Dickinson's in his way, but he kind of is. It's like when Hunter Dickinson's gone, you can move into the centerless type team yeah and this is a guy that kind of fits that center role so he's kind of in the way even though it's a different position is that fair so that's kind of where i'm just like
3: well and i think their their first game against who did they play wayne state it was an exp- exhibition game right i think diabati actually shot a free throw and banked one and made it um so he might not have the touch that dickinson has okay but but he, you're right he could go out and guard a point guard and, yeah. and switch onto a point guard and play legitimate defense against him. Where Dickinson would just be, you know, his foot speed isn't there to match a point guard.
1: Yeah, they say he's energetic, um, athletic, and physically intimidating. I thought those were the keywords that stood out to he's me fast, that, that I read about this guy. Is that yeah. he, he's he's he, he's a good defender, defender as well, and he's just ready to ball. Is is what it sounds like, and he's going to fight 100 to win this win the game, and that that's great to have. I mean, it kind of it's kind of what the Pistons are going to try to be, right? Is just always be more aggressive and, and, you know, fight for every, every inch. He kind of fits that mold. Um, I think he'll be interesting to see if Hunter Dickinson kind of um, slows things down a little <laughs> bit, but I
2: don't know. Hunter Dickinson is still sizably bigger physically than Diabody, too. Yeah. Wild. He's, he, a, he's a big dude. He's, he's <laughs> big. He
3: doesn't jump high, but he's uh. he's just high. <laughs> he stands high. Who's your don't forget about player, Ryan? Um, my don't forget about is Brandon Johns Jr.
1: Yeah, I I've, I
3: I've argue, seen yeah. I've seen the skill since he was a freshman. You know, I I would see him and be like, why is he not getting the playing time? And then he would make a dumb mistake on defense, and be like, oh okay, well that's probably the reason why he's not getting the playing time. And he's done that for a few years. Last year he was solid, he was rock solid. This year. He's going to have the role of opportunity. He's the, he's the experienced one out there. They're going to allow him to play, and they trust him, and that trust is going to go a long way this year with, with Brandon Johns Jr., and I think his skill will show through in the end. He could end up being the MVP of this team yeah, at the end is, of the year.
1: Do you think he – is he the Livers replacement? I mean, I, I'm all about like I, I watched the game, so he, like, all right, who, who's going to fill that role? Right, who's going to fill that right. role? Is that – his type no, of game, it's to way me, different. Right? to me,
3: he's the Franz Wagner replacement. Okay, and I know that he was on the team last year with Wagner, but to me, he's an athletic big guy who will shoot the ball, score the ball, be the lightning bolt when they need it, but just be reliable overall. Okay, so I would think, I would think, um, I would think uh, um, Isaiah Livers is would handle the ball a little bit more than Brandon Johns will. Okay. And he was like the point guard from, you know, the point forward type. And that's, yep. not, Brent, that's not his role in this, but he's going to be reliable and he's going to be def- defending guys and he's going to score up some points.
1: Mike, and feel free to jump in if you if you have names that you want to bring up for, yep. for any of these categories. Yep. Um, I'm going to move down to rebound player. I went with Eli Brooks. Um, not the fact that he had a bad year, I just think – they're going to rely on them a lot more. Like I mean, you already kind of brought it up. I don't want to get too much into it, but that's that's kind of where I went. Um, rebound player for you guys? Anybody? No. I don't.
3: I this this is a hard one because I don't know if anybody's. I mean, Brandon Johns might be the rebound because yeah. because of that, but it's not that anybody played bad last year. This team was was rock solid. So Eli Brooks, I think, is a good good choice.
1: All right. I already told you my my uh, under the radar player was Devontae Jones. Um, for all the reasons we said earlier, do you have somebody else that kind of stood out to you there or do you want to move down to MVP? Um, don't forget about how
3: good Hunter Dickinson is <laughs> because it was not a fluke last year. So anybody that will look at his lack of athleticism and say, well, he's probably not that good, it's, it might be a fluke, mm. don't don't buy into it. Yeah, He is extremely, extremely skilled at getting – position where he is you're gonna see him score the easiest 20 points in a game and you're gonna be like well yeah anybody could have scored that yeah but he made all of those guys who were driving and just dumped a bounce pass off to him he made their job so easy by clearing his guy out just playing basketball ahead of, like playing 3d chess kind of like yeah. moving his guy in a position throwing his foot around him not you know blocking not allowing him to go through and then dumping it down for an easy dunk or layup
1: yeah, so I actually had him as my MVP, and it was more or less like I hope he is because I think he needs to be because I, thought, I think he came back for, for um, obviously reasons to win, and he, he wants all of that, and that's the fun thing. He wants to go to Michigan, and that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, but I think he came back to develop more than what he did last year. If it was all about being a center and, and what we saw last year was he was ready for the NBA from what we saw but he wasn't drafted high enough because that's not what the NBA it takes value in. And right now like that's where I'm looking at Hunter Dickinson and kind of this team here as a whole is like if 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 it doesn't work out, if he doesn't develop the outside shot, if he doesn't develop more than what we already saw last year that he does great and he's trying to do too much, trying to force more than he should be longer than he should be, like that is very concerning to me. And that's where I'm like he, I hope he's the MVP because I think he needs to be the MVP, if that makes sense.
3: It makes sense. Does yeah. it? it? It makes sense, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll buy it. Um, we're, we're at MVP? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so what are you selling? Caleb Houston.
3: Yeah. Ooh. He has a unique ability that, that not many players have. He could end up being one of the top prospects in next year's draft, or he could be a role player who drafted in the second round like Isaiah Livers. Yeah. And not not to say Isaiah Livers wasn't there, but he might be forgotten in the end, or he could come out and just shoot the lights out, gain some crazy amount of confidence, and be like, "Hey, it turns out I am six foot seven, six foot eight, super athletic, but also a silky smooth runner and shooter, and all this other stuff, and be dominant like a Kevin Durant. Like he honestly could do that. He's played in the past in his AAU game. He used to play with Scotty Barnes, who's who's drafted fourth overall last year uh, Cade Cunningham drafted first overall last year. Um, um, the second pick for the Golden State Warriors last year, Moses Moody, who was like the 10th or 11th pick overall last year. Like these are the guys that he's always played second fiddle to because he was younger than them, but he was the young guy playing with all of those guys. So his talent level matched theirs, but he didn't have the role because he was younger. So just watch out for him. If he gets his confidence, he could end up being a star of college basketball this year.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. It'd be nice to have a star. It really would. So overall expectations, I'm going in a little cautiously optimistic. Like I, I think they should be a number one seed. I think they should win the Big Ten. I know it's going to be tough going down with him, them, and Purdue. Um, but I also think that there's going to be things are going to have to come into place. And, and I'm a little concerned, like I talked about with Hunter Dickinson, and, and like the way that I feel like they're going to be transitioning a lot of things here, and it's not going to be a plug and replace type thing. It's it's a new, it's going to have to be a new type of basketball than what they've done the last couple years, or last several years, I should say. Um, so that's a little concerning how how quickly they learn it and and if it works. Um, but Ryan, overall, what, what do you think we should expect here as Michigan fans? about this this basketball team so they're
3: ranked number six right now in the nation um I would say that's about my expectations I think they should battle if they earn a number one overall seed in the, or a number one seed in the tournament come March then I feel like that was a, an extremely successful season I expect them to battle for that number one two three seed guaranteed um and they're one of the top two best teams in the big ten. Yeah. Yeah, the only other team like I think Purdue is a really really complete really good team in the Big 10. Um and I think it's between them and Michigan to see who's the best team. I I hope they don't I don't know. They might have a lower downside compared to last year because that because I I think Isaiah Livers was very underrated for, on the team. We saw that in the tournament. So, I think Isaiah Livers as a whole would keep them up to a certain level last year and not let them fall down, but I think their overall group of talent is probably more this year, so they have a higher
1: upside. For sure. That makes sense. We got our picks, baby. For sure. For sure? Yes. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Bettinghero.com. Promo code MIBets. If you're interested in the sports betting world, check it out. They'll give you the best promotions available. You can sign up for all of them and get a bunch of... Cool promos. Then you could shop around for all of the odds. We've talked to you about it before. If you have any questions, message us podcast. We'll, we'll talk you through it. We're
3: Please. nine months in, guys. Nine months in from this being legal, basically. So there's still plenty of money. They're trying to win. Isn't it you crazy over. that this is
1: really the first year of football with the sports betting here in Michigan? Yeah, it's crazy. It is so. crazy. Um, last week, Micah went two and six. Oh. Kyle three and five. Ryan five and three. I went four Ayo. and four. Mikey, you are leading the way right next to Kyle at 37 and 32. Ryan, you are two games back at 35 and 34. I'm coming. And I'm three games behind you at 32 and 37. So you guys were all wrong. It's starting to get a little closer here, which is fun. We want it to go close here. Or stay close, I should say. Per usual, we're gonna start with Thursday night football. We actually got two Thursday night games. One is college, one is NFL. Well, obviously, we're st- I, I hear NFL music, so we're sticking with NFL. Ravens at the Dolphins. Dolphins are plus seven and a half. Kyle is taking the Ravens. Micah, what are you doing?
2: Give me Lamar and the Birds.
1: Ryan? I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going Ravens. Yeah, me too. I don't want to I don't wanna overthink it. That's a good word. Uh, Browns at the Patriots, minus one and a half. Kyle's taking the Browns. Micah?
2: This one I struggled with. Patriots yeah. are playing better ball, but I, I can't bet against the Browns in nearly a pick'em game. I'm yeah. going Browns. Yeah,
1: I, Ryan, go ahead. <laughs> Browns. Yeah, I, I'm right there. I didn't take the Browns last week, and I'm ticked because I always huh? take the Browns. I didn't. No, I'm I not told you taking guys. Browns. I told you guys. Our last NFL game is the Lions at the Steelers. The Steelers are minus nine. Kyle's taking the Steelers. Michael.
2: I hate taking the Steelers, but I'm taking the Steelers. Ryan, yeah,
3: they didn't play super well last. What was it? Just a Monday? Monday. Yeah, yeah that's but right. um, yeah, the Lions are bad. I'm taking Steelers.
1: I'm gonna take the Lions. I think two, nine points is just too many. It is. That's. And that's the Lions fair. come off the buy, and they're 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 the Steelers are a team you can you can do it to. What do they
2: got? Three or four losses? Who?
1: Steelers? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Three, I think. I think they're five and three. I could be wrong. Yeah. I should have switched the music. What was I doing? That was really dumb. I'm talking some college now. We got UNC at Pitt, and I'm not doing rankings. Is it Pitt? Was, were they on your ranking there? Where, where were they at? You have uh, your,
2: which poll?
1: The, the, the playoff one. You have it written down, don't you? Top 25? I wrote it. All well, down.
2: wow. I missed a few of them. I'm sorry. It's alright. No. Okay, as of, here, let's, let's go as Let's of stop the last and let's
1: week. wait for the answer. I'm just pause a minute. Alright, don't pause him. No, I'm just kidding. No, sh- alright, sh- we, we don't need you to You do your thing. UNC at pit, minus six and a half. Kyle's taking pit. Michael, what are you doing here?
2: Pittsburgh was 25 last week.
1: What are they this week?
2: I don't know. Oh. It, it's not there. Oh. All right. Sorry. No, you're good. I am going to go Pitt. Ryan. So
3: Sam Howell right against <laughs> – Who's the other dude? I'm trying to cut. get it right now. Oh, the, oh yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't know their quarterback's name. Pitts. I know that we're supposed to know his name. He's, ah. Scott, he's
3: Kenny Pickett.
1: He's soaring up draft Oh, he's That's
3: soaring right now. So Sam Howell versus That's Kenny Pickett. Maybe one of them a future line. We'll see. Um, Pitts 21. I will go with North Carolina. I still believe in this offense. I know I, I shouldn't. The run <laughs> game was dominating
1: last time, but yeah, I I've know. I've gone back and forth on this one. UNC worked out for me last week, hmm. so I'm gonna stick with it. I, I don't think it should. It's gonna be like sixty-five to sixty-three or something. But sixty-one or six <laughs> and a half it seems like defense. an awful lot for when you're going against UNC. They're often, like you said, Ryan, right? it's yeah. clicking. I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the points there. We got Oklahoma at Baylor, plus five and a half. Baylor lost last week. Were they on your in the rankings? There, did you see where they were? Yeah. Maybe just keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> Oklahoma at Baylor plus five and a half.
2: Baylor's 13.
1: Kyle is taking Oklahoma. Michael, what are you doing here?
2: Give me Baylor. Ryan. Oklahoma.
1: I'm taking Baylor.
2: Easy points. Six. Home and underdog? Five Maybe. and a half. Oh, sorry, five
1: and a half. Yeah. Um... We are actually doing that NBA pick here. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Whoa. This is a little different. So what we have, we have Cade Cunningham against Jalen Green. They're, they're going head-to-head. Number one overall pick, number two overall pick. I personally set the points at Green minus three and a half. Total points between the two of them. Who are you All right. this is you You Four. put three and a half. I put Jalen Green minus three and a half. That was my number. Oh, boy. Kyle's He's going to do Cunningham.
2: research right now. Come on, man.
1: Kyle taking Cade Cunningham. like what are you doing? Give me Cade. Ryan.
2: Yeah, I'm going Cade
3: all day, baby. He's going to lock up Jalen Green just like he did in the, um, I don't know, Summer League. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Green.
1: I think Green like is this very, very selfish player. I think we've learned that from comments. We've learned that early on this season. He's just going to shoot and shoot. He, his goal is to outscore Cade. That is his goal. That's his only goal. He doesn't care about winning. He doesn't care about losing. Yeah. Cade's more of a team player. I think Green's just going to shoot until his arms fall off. Yeah, so this I, was I a sucker make, pick. I think this he's going to make pick. more and more points. or just
3: Kate. Know. it's going to be a close game. Cade's just going to start raining threes in the fourth. Jalen Green's going to force him. Yeah.
1: But Green's going to score more points.
2: Is this what happened? He he thought of a way to try and get one more win that on was, us. That was oh, my yeah. way and,
1: of trying to sneak one Oh yeah. yeah, And I'm going to be wrong, and it's going to be fine. And he's going to be
3: like, uh, he's going to think that we're just going to be homers and pick Cade, and we all did.
2: Hometown blood, baby.
1: I figured that's what was going to happen. Yeah. Next, we have our Sparty Party yeah. Pick of the Week. New England IPA with Mandarina, Bavaria, and Amarillo hops. 7% alcohol volume. 53 IBUs. It is a great, great IPA from Big Lake Brewing. Shout out to them. They do have great beer all over the place, and then they have that Sparty Party beer. If you're a Sparty fan, you you better be drinking it this Saturday. It's a big one. Don't let this one slip through your fingers. Drinky, drinky. Big ones. Um, Maryland is at MSU, and MSU is a 13-point favorite. Kyle's taking MSU.
2: You going to skip over that Michigan pick?
1: Well, we're going to go to Michigan next.
2: Oh, yeah, Sorry. It confused
3: me too. Right, yeah. I do um, I
1: switch it every week. One, got yeah, it. Yeah. Kyle's taking State. Kyle's taking State.
2: My Micah. Give me Sparty. They're a little angry. they going to come out firing.
3: Ryan? Oh, man. This is kind of a sucker pick, too. I feel like um, there's a lot of points, but I will go with Maryland. Right, keep it closer.
1: I, I agree with you, but I'm not gonna pick. Them. I'm gonna Figure. take MSU. You go, baby. Think, taking one. I think Maryland's gonna keep this a lot closer, but I'm gonna take MSU because I want to make ground on them just as so much as I want to make ground on you. So
2: I agree with you. Oh, I just said. Yeah,
1: I got it. I can't. I can't take Maryland and lose another another point against. This is Chet Chet Holmgren. Moving on to our Hazen Blue of the week. Another great beer from Big Lake Brewing. and Blue is a crushed with New England IPA featuring citra, mosaic hops and brewed with real blueberries. 5.5% alcohol by volume. 20 IBUs. I actually did not drink one of these during the game on Saturday because I was at a, a fun little party. Um, but Michigan, so this one, so Michigan actually opened as a three-point favorite. It moved all the way down to Penn State as a one-point favorite. I think currently right now it's a pick them We're going to stick with Penn State minus one. Kyle's taking Michigan. Mike, what are you doing?
2: I'm taking Michigan. I think they squeaked this one out, honestly. Ryan? Yeah, Michigan. I think they're the better team. Um,
3: I, I sure hope that means they win. But... Be they- Be careful. Penn State it just looks like they have too many holes. I agree. They just they will not be able to actually keep up scoring wise. And Clifford's Michigan's defense is going to play a massive factor.
1: Clifford scares me a little bit because he can kind of get cute and he can run, move around, and just make things happen that shouldn't be happening. And if our defense isn't responsible, that can really bite us. I think this team's going to be prepared, and I'm going to take Michigan to win this game. I hope they win by a lot. I hope it's fun. I hope we can be like. Hey, told you? that'd be, that'd be really nice, but those were our picks of the week. It is time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth a short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their... A great selection of craft beer they have specialty wines, spirits ciders coffee tea tobacco and cigars they also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in west michigan we love that siciliano's market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our michigan beers for each and every episode so please check them out and let them know that we sent you mike can you remind everybody what we are drinking tonight we're all drinking the
2: same thing from the hops yes we are stan's graham cracker ale 5.4 percenter Smashed with a hundred pounds of graham crackers. A hundred. A hundred pounds into one cup.
1: That's Whoa. one more than 99.
2: <laughs> into one cup. That's a lot of pounds.
1: <laughs> All of it's in one cup. There's a hundred pounds in one cup.
2: A lot of LBs.
1: How do you fit a hundred pounds?
3: You gotta drink it like a dog. <laughs> Can't lift something like that up. <laughs> no, <laughs> <I> was <laughs> it was really good, honestly. It was a good
1: beer. The, the, it was sweet, I thought, from the graham cracker, but I mean, they. they Said they're going graham cracker. They win graham cracker.
3: One, it's just so well blended, I feel like, too. <laughs> it's a really but
1: good beer. I was really happy with it.
2: I think the thing I like about this beer is it's easy to drink, but then you can do so many different variations. I think eventually you could maybe do like a chocolate and graham cracker. Oh, That's man. You could, do, you could do a s'more type I'll beer. S'more, s'more what?
1: S'more beer.
3: You know, I, that's, a, that's a really that's a really good point because it's not that, like it was overpowering.
1: No.
2: It was still there and ready to yeah. You do all sorts of fun stuff change, with that beer. Yeah, good point. Um, I like this beer. I'm going to give it an 8.0. I
1: already wrote down my score.
2: Mine's eight <laughs> two. Yeah.
1: Mine's eight one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we went eight oh eight one eight two. Yeah,
3: no, solid, really, really a, solid beer.
1: Ben did a great job with this one.
3: Yeah, and it, and it's not it's not like the most obvious, um, like a ton of flavor or anything like that. But it didn't need it. No, yeah, it I, I, a bit. I I think yeah, yeah.
1: just getting ready for the out. You yep. know, trying to do the hand. No, I got motions. you. You got
3: it. What you got what it? do you, do you want me to put it at something specific? zero? I think at zero. I think zero. Okay, a, got a it.
1: Thing. Um, we did have a comment come through. Uh, She's not a Pilsner person too much, but this was actually really good. She was drinking the Arvon Brewing Company uh, Trail Pils. She gave it a 7.9. Nice. She's the only one that follows the rules. We got people. I forgot to transfer. Arvon
2: saying, was listening oh. too, weren't they?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Arvon. Thanks for <laughs> listening. Give us a beer grade. <laughs>
1: That's, that's where we're at. That was episode 130. Thank you, guys. We've moved through that pretty quick for how much we talked about. I thought we did a good job.
3: No, well we done, gentlemen. We didn't? No, no, no. No, it was a long one. Right. We talked well, about thank a lot. thank you guys
1: for recording. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. Peace, guys.
0: You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between we're talking about it and don't forget the beer we hope you enjoyed the show make sure to like rate and review in the meantime hook up with us on instagram facebook twitter youtube and twitch at state of my sports with an mi we'll see you next time